After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Happy New Year and welcome. It is Sunday evening or Sunday night. It is 2023. And, uh, Niners are the two seed, bro. We just watched an incredible football game. You know, John, you can't still spell Stidham without H-A-M. You know what they say, guy. What's that? Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So, you know, listen, the Raiders, another one where they were right there. Raiders post game live with John Middlecoff. Moral victories? Do you like them? Triple eight, nine, phone number. Well, listen, guy, if we were, if we gave credit for moral victories, the Raiders would be the Patriots of the last 20 years and be a dynasty, right? A ton of moral victories for decades. Not even people think I'm trolling. I'm being serious. Like, I mean, a ton of moral victories playing a lot of tight games. You just end up losing a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I I mean, did you hear Sanchez today? He's like, you know, maybe Derek Carr can be like Stafford, get out of a a rough place and go on to uh, resurrect his career. Basically called the Raiders the Lions. He, he I've been Lions fans like we've been in the playoffs three times. <laughs> Look at the Lions right now; they're the better team. Agreed. I mean, Lions are eight and eight. They need a little help, but uh... got a lot of text mid game from you, from countless people. Are we sure the Niners didn't go out last night? And I, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's uh, it's borderline impossible to go out on an NFL road trip. Yeah, it's the, the one the one nighter, the two nights you could pull it off, but. As uh, Reuben Foster uh, once taught us, you you bring the party to you. Oh yeah, she went to his room. Huh? Yeah, you just you bring which you know you can do in Las Vegas or Henderson or wherever. Where were they? Tampa when Reuben got all popped? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was definitely Florida. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it was the Bucks. I think it was so, Week One, if I remember correctly. But <laughs> John, before we get started, let's welcome and ring in the new year with a glass. You can see I'm holding my Tito's. Handmade vodka right here in my hand. Thought you were uh, doing frogs. I was doing a little froggy, a little froggy frog, uh, horns, horn toters, whatever. And um, Tito's handmade vodka. It was part of uh, 2022. It is part of 2023. That's right. Tito's handmade vodka in 2023. That's the ticket. Uh, look, we got, as we, you're listening to this, you're watching it live. Monday is a big football day, huge college and NFL games Monday. So enjoy the new year with some Tito's. Yep, huge, huge day. Ha- pour yourself a cocktail. Go to the store right now. Get yourself a bottle. Hell, you probably don't need to go to the store because you probably have it in your bar, in your cabinets. 
Go pour yourself a cocktail right now. If you're a Raider fan, maybe pour two or three. <laughs> you could use some. It's been a long year. If you're a Niner fan, you now have the two seed. Though, you know, people like the Packers, they are right now the seven seed currently. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, be a fun game to go to a Levi's in a couple weeks. Niners, Packers, 2-7, assuming the Niners. Oh, God. Yeah, who knows? The one seed still be the line? What would be the line on Niners, Packers right now? I'd say seven. Yeah, at most, I think. I'd be higher than you think, though. You think? I, I, I bet it'd be closer to seven than it would four. Hey, John, uh, well, keep going on Tito's. Then yeah, we'll, so Tito's, we'll pour yourself a cocktail. Hopefully, uh, you're not too hungover from New Year's Eve. And if you are, the easiest way to cure a hangover, we all know, pour yourself a cocktail. You feel great immediately. Um, and do use Tito's. Tito's and sodas, Tito's and waters. Tito's and basically anything. LaCroix is my go-to. Tito and LaCroix. A nice flavored LaCroix. A little pamp? A little pamplemousse? I love a good pamplemousse. Or, or just even the, the lemon or the lime one. You don't even need to have the lemon or the lime. You just use that and it's already flavored. Yeah. Tito's and water with the lemon. That's Tito himself. That's his drink. This is a uh, world-class, award-winning go-to. No frills, but you know what Tito's has struck, John? The perfect balance of it's its no bullshit. It's no frills, but it's also classy. You know, it's not – its it is the perfect for everybody. You could walk into some dive bar and ask for it. No, People are like, yeah, this guy gets it. You could walk into some – uh, you know, New Year's party at the top of the Fairmont Hotel. They'd be like, yeah, this this person gets it. It works in every situation. That's kind of Tito's thing is it's perfect anywhere. Like um, Brock Purdy, you know, it just fits in any situation. Yeah. Uh, conversations about Hall of Famers or conversations about late round picks, you know, it just works in any situation. Or overcoming uh, a historic recession as a family. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sean Purdy, John, the hero. How about that? I mean, most people it's like, you know, the one game I threw three picks in high school, we lost in the second round. We were the number one seed or, you know, I broke my ankle, had to rehab. Brock Purdy's like, yeah, my family lost everything. It wasn't just like, you know, we went through some rough economic times. He dropped a we lost everything, which makes sense. Arizona, I think, was one of the areas hit the hardest in 08. For people who don't know what John's referring to, during the broadcast, they asked Laura Oakman, the silent reporter, said, I talked to Brock about, you know, how he thinks about overcoming adversity and you think like, oh, you know, being the last pick or whatever. It was like Saban, well, Saban didn't think he could throw. I think about when my dad lost his business. We lost our home. We lost everything in 2008, and he never wavered. <laughs> like, damn. I fucking love the Purdy's mindset. I tweeted, and maybe somebody knows this. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like, what, does anybody know what Mr. Purdy does for a living? And the first reply was produce goats. I mean, clearly he's, I mean, just look at him. Construction. He looks, I would say, you know, general contractor, kind of that. And it, and it makes sense once Brock says that, right? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense that a general contractor is, would lose his business in a economic recession in particular. Housing flips, I could see. Huh? I could see like home flips, home, right? Yeah. He buys, he is the general contractor, then he flips. He got a little over his head, and the Purdy's have never looked back. Never looked back, John. Just incredible. Have a Tito's on us, Purdy family, for fucking yeah. living the American dream, pulling up your bootstraps, and getting back up. Love the Purdy's. Uh, Peter on the stream says the refs were ass. All right, was he a Raider fan or a Niner fan? Peter Lee, right there on the stream. Uh, I think the Niners got screwed more than the Ra Raiders had it. I mean, at one point in time, I look up, it was like nine to two penalties. It's like, oh, Raider, what are they going to say here? What are they going to say here? And I did think if Devontae, they would have overturned that. They would have been like, oh, they're always against us. They're always against us. It's like, well, change your fucking colors, your brand, and just start over, guys. I, I told you, I think the perfect for the rebrand, purple and orange. I'd go purple and orange on the rebrand. I haven't figured out what the new name would be yet, but purple and orange on the new colors, I think. 
kind of Clemson, you know, kind of looks like the welcome to Las Vegas sign. I, I would say, though, that, you know, Mark's WNBA team, yeah, which uh, your friend is a star of. That's, a, that's that's an excellent name. I, I do think the Vegas Golden Knights is really good, too. Like, it's hard to do new names, as everyone's been making of the commanders and football team. Like, they can't figure it out. I would say they got those two right. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. The ace is perfect. <laughs> so we're, we're watching football team comes on the red zone, and they, they cut to a guy wearing a hog nose. And Alyssa says, um, what's that? So I explain it to her, and she's baffled. She is, but She goes, wait a second. They had a real mascot that, like, everyone called them? And they didn't just name their team the Wild Hogs. And I said, you know, it's funny you say that. Wild Hogs actually was one of the name ideas. She was blown. She's like, I don't get it. You're saying for 30 plus years, they had a mascot and a name that everyone called them. And they didn't name the team that? I said, I know. I don't get it. I don't know what to tell you. The one thing I would say on that, a little hard to do like a Wild Hog visual. right? I mean, Arkansas Razorbacks, they go by Hogs. You're right. And that works. Have you seen the new mascot they unveiled today? Captain Pig. It wasn't a pig? With a big old belly. It's it's awful. It's so terrible. It's awful. Well, Tito's man. Uh, Niners Raiders. It was. It felt like I texted you during the morning games today and said this kind of. I feel like I'm hungover just based off watching the CFP games on Saturday. It were so good. The morning NFL games had no juice. Raiders Niners felt like TCU Michigan. It just it it had a lot of juice even without Derek, which we thought and we talked about this. It kind of took some of the juice out leading up to the game. The game ended up with uh, quite a bit of juice. Yeah, looking around. I'd say so far, I mean, the, the the game tonight, we'll see. It's a pretty legendary rivalry. Probably the game of the day. The only other game that would be in the mix would be Tampa-Carolina. Just in terms of entertainment value, i actually pretty confident this was the game of the day. Because I watched a lot of New England-Miami, had it on second TV, 23-21. That game was terrible. I mean, the quarterbacks were getting KO'd. Yeah. Teddy was out. I, I uh, just Eagles Saints entertain me. I had that game on. I had that was, Sunday ticket game on. It, it was pretty good, but th- this game, this game was like legit. Even if we weren't super into it, like all of our chips were in the middle of the table on just being invested in this thing. It yeah, was very, Raiders very guys. good. The ebb yeah. and flow, the classic Raiders blow another double digit lead. Felt like the Niners were going to lose. Then it felt like they were going to win. And then to have any game that has a game winning field goal missed and going to overtime is always pretty exhilarating, just separate from knowing, you know, the teams. That's yeah. just a moment in the NFL. This is a just lot of high level entertainment NFL game. Like TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Georgia was a really good game. TCU, Michigan had more crazy stuff happening, it felt like. I don't know if you would agree with that. When you're throwing a lot of picks in a game, though, I guess there were three picks in this game, but they, it felt like, I mean, Sidham's came. When you, when you throw picks getting hit, I view that different than like J.J. McCarthy throwing pick sixes and stuff. I agree, yeah. But I think both are like this. What Niners Raiders had was what did it have? Four or five plays where the ball was 20 feet in the air, just kind of floating for somebody to grab it, right? It happened multiple times. Well, he, here's one thing that was cool about TCU Michigan is that I didn't quite realize that the wide receiver that most people think is the number one NFL wide receiver, number one, that guy's going to be the top receiver in this class, and he was excellent. Like part of having a great like that. Uh, yeah, just he looks like Terrell Owens. I mean, he's fucking massive, is when the best players in the game make sweet plays. I thought Josh Jacobs tonight dominated. Devontae was elite. Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey dominated. You know, Christian McCaffrey, or I mean, Nick Bosa was all over the quarterback. So, like, the star players in this game. <coughs> Stidham. Kind of, yeah. Fuck it. I mean, he, you could argue. 65 and three touchdowns. <clears throat> Is there a chance he never has a better game the rest of his career? And two picks that weren't really, you know, it wasn't like Stidham made a mistake on either one of his interceptions. What was his first pick? 
the the care uh the was it Kerry Hyder def- oh yeah yeah the Drake Jackson so his picks were not like Derek Carr picks yeah they were just things happened somebody made a play yeah Kerry yeah. Hyder PBU did Derek Carr watch this game I, I I wondered that during the game uh I don't know I you, I, I, I would guess watch. he would say no uh, what are you watching at home. You just well, home? I could see if, like if I'm in his spot, I could see it's like we're just taking the family somewhere. Like I'm not, I'm not even home for this today. Like where are you going? What are you waiting around? What are you staying for? Hawaii? But I don't know. <laughs> or you're just saying like you kids go- are out of school probably right now for a few more days. Oh, you're talking like you go to Cabo or Hawaii. Like, oh or yeah, something. you're thinking. Oh, I guess you could just go on a family. I was thing. thinking like you just take them to this local zoo. You think everyone's looking at you? You're just going to go on a hike. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bakersfield. I could see them all being in Bakersfield right could, now. Could go to Bakersfield, but uh, I mean, just wild, man. Just it lived up to the hype. It lived up to. The, I, I would say the only thing I think it exceeded the hype. You're right. It it more than exceeded the hype. Now, part of it, the, the hype died dramatically when Derek was benched, and when the Raiders sucked. Right. I mean, they're they're playing the Chiefs. They're they're six and eleven football team. So part of the hype preseason was this was two playoff teams playing. If the Raiders had brought like their end of the bargain to the table, what they were supposed to be, this would have been incredible. It would have been one of the games of the year, right? If the Raiders were a 10-win team and yeah. headed toward the playoffs. Yeah. But I'll give them credit for showing up, playing hard, and entertaining me. And doing enough to fuck with their fans. Because people, I, listen, do I troll a little? Of course I do. Because it's fun. But also, it's not really debatable. And I, I threw this out on Twitter. Like, being a Raider fan is a little bit, I've never done hardcore drugs, but watched a lot of movies about it, feels like a lot of similarities. The highs are very short-lived, but they are high. And then the lows are long, drawn out, and lead to dark places. I mean, they have no quarterback. The franchise feels like it. they have these moments where it feels like they might win, and then it, the, the end result is they end up losing, and you realize they actually don't have anything. Right. I mean, it's like what actually got accomplished. And the Niners today played their shittiest game in a while defensively, probably of the year. It's like, oh, they're 12 and four. And they played the I, I, I tried not to watch it, but it was on one of the TVs. I mean, the Cardinals are I don't even know what they're doing right now. They, they started uh, David. What happened? I didn't watch a second of it. The, I think the Falcons beat him 20 to 19 or 19 to 18. But that it was David Blau. American Blau started. Remember, he's the one whose wife is on like the USA track and field team. Oh yeah, you're right. The, the Cardinals are currently four and twelve. So, uh, I would add one more thing. Great, you know, heavy drug use analogy. Just it, for movies, the, the story know? always ends the same. What's you some, do have options in, rever- in I, well, drug yeah, use, right? Re- uh, reverting prison to, or death. Yeah, re- reverting to uh, to a dark place. It was part of what made the game great too. Was that Stidham was really good. We can get to kind of the Raiders aspect of it, but it did because I texted you at halftime. I'm like, Purdy has 38 yards. <laughs> and you said, yeah, he hasn't been bad. I, and I said, I know he hasn't been bad. I just he's got 38 yards. That's a crazy amount for that for a half of NFL football. They only had three possessions in the first half. I know, but so did the Raiders. And and no, the, the Raiders, they had, the Raiders four. Had four. they had four. But still, it's not. I mean, he had more than twice as 38 yards. That's John even won three possessions. That's like a whatever it is, 12 yards of possession, 12 and a half yards of possession. I would, I would agree, guy, but that is a pretty abnormal low number. For example, that's my point. That's one, all I'm two, saying. Three, no, no, I'm talking about possessions. Three yeah, possessions. I agree with you. I'll give you the second half. One, two, three, four, five, 
six. They had double that in the, more than double that in the second yeah. half. Like three is a tiny number, and they were two of two of three in terms of scoring. Right? They well, had he had like two hundred and fifty yards passing in the second half. <laughs> he threw for two hundred eighty-four yards, so it worked out. But it's just thirty-eight was a wildly low number, and they were down. And I don't know about you, I at halftime. They're down seven. Niners are down seventeen to fourteen, or the Raiders lead seventeen to fourteen, depending on how you look at it. And um, I, I didn't feel I didn't. I, I thought they were win the game without much problem. <laughs> at that point in time, I wouldn't say we're going to win the game without much problem because one thing Stidham was kind of moving around. They were getting guys open. He was hitting it was hard guys. To get it, to him. They were struggling to get to him. That's true. Well, there was that one play in the game. Someone texted me like, "Why did Bosa stop?" And at first you go like, what was Nick doing? And then the slow motion, he had got outside a couple times and kept plays alive. Clearly no one was there and Bosa had outside contain. I think it was a genius play. Cause I think he, cause if you see Stidham, like he acted like he was going to go right. And then Bosa kind of stopped before yeah. he hit him. You know the play yep. I'm talking about? Yep. yep. There were multiple plays where Bosa would stop and ran out with either the running back or the tight end who was leaving the backfield too. I think and the Niners got- had a sack. It felt well. Crosby was MIA today. At least Bosa in the second half was peppering him. I, Bosa one thing, the interception. One thing I do believe that the Niners got a little lucky is I think Waller. Obviously, Devontae major problem. I would have fed Waller the ball too. Like the Niners are not a good matchup team against a guy like that. Then honestly, Devontae is one of the worst guys in the league for the Niners. We see he's all a the big, time. He is unstoppable. He eviscerates the Niners. It doesn't matter who's playing corner. It doesn't matter who's playing safety. The one saving grace, obviously the Niners are going to be favored and they're a better team than the Packers, but like removing him is a massive loss for them against the Niners. I fear he is. It's hard to go six and 11 with that guy on your team. I mean, honestly, I mean, he, he's shattering Raider records. He, he is for a guy that misses his buddy. He didn't look like he was pouting today. Did it? Well, you got, you, you know, you honor them by, by, by playing with pride. Professional pride. Seven seven for 153, two touchdowns. The, what the I, catch, what, what I you, tell him to sit out? <laughs> why don't you stand with your boy or something like that? <laughs> Ayuk backed it up. What did you think of the uh, the reviewed uh, catch by Devante that w- went as a catch? Which you and I agreed. Like Somehow if the officials had overturned that just because it's the Raiders and the Raiders always feel like they get hosed, it would have felt pretty funny. I, I, uh, I think, and I, I thought this about the, the fucked up Michigan touchdown, I yeah. think there's a level of play that is just like the eye test tells us. Like that's a touchdown, that's a catch. Yeah. Like, let's just move on. I yeah. think I think like I, I don't know, I'd coin flip 50-50. Devontae might not have caught that, but I just you couldn't have overturned that. When the ball doesn't move, it's hard to prove it, right? It's just so hard his left arm to tell was that under the ball or I think that ball was on the ground, but he did enough that he just he earned that catch. I thought well, the what, fact that he even got to that point was pretty crazy. Yeah. You agree on the Michigan? They got the right call. Um, I don't. I I don't think they should have overturned that play. I do think that it's likely that he was down when he was like kind of on his butt, and his butt was a little in the end zone, and the ball had not crossed the plane. But I just didn't see a good angle that would tell me that. So I would. But he didn't have possession right away. Kind of bounced into. Yeah, him, I right? know. I know. I I I think it's possible that he was not in the end zone, but I don't see how you could overturn that on the Michigan one. But yeah. I thought today, for the most part, the the one female ref that fucking Kyle wanted to kill, George just slammed the guy. It's like, what what are we doing? That With was one bad, arm. That was a bad call. You could tell, like, she started to say they cut away. She goes, I thought, and then they cut away. You could, like, read her lips. Yeah. His Kyle was 
just screaming. Not a good not another a good. like Trent had a rough series. Trent had a series where he had two penalties and yeah. Three well, one was that Sanchez said it like the false start from your own half yard line. Who cares, right? Yeah. But then he had a holding on that one too. Purdy got lucky on a. That should have been a that one. Yeah. <laughs> automatic safety if you throw uh, intentional grounding from the end zone. Uh, yeah. I guess you could argue there was a receiver in the area. Maybe that's what they were saying. Because because they didn't even talk about it. He was not out of the tackle box though. No. Now he and he threw it. His arm strength on that throwaway was pretty good. He's got good arm strength on throwaways, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. It, I just his ju- his juke on the one throwaway was sweet. He's had some remarkable throwaways this year. Remarkable. Yeah. He is. Let, let, we'll dive into him later, but it's it's not really arguable. He is the best pure passer. Colin had the strongest arm. Jimmy had like the most success as a player, but pure passer. I, I think since like. We were in high school, Jeff Garcia slinging around. We're just the eye test of just throwing the balls. Yeah. Again, Colin could make plays that no Niners ever made. Steve Young and Joe Montana are the best quarterbacks they've ever had. Trey? I mean, I can't. I have zero judgment. I mean, highest draft pick they've had? Highest draft pick they've ever had. Since Alex Smith. Since Alex Smith. <laughs> you know, in, in 15 years. This guy is the best passer they've had in 20 years. Like just, so just, just, just passing Playing the ball. quarterback. Yeah. And, and you know who knows that? The coach, the way he calls the plays. He calls plays dramatically different with Purdy well, than he does. Yeah. Let's, does let's, he not? Uh, let's talk about that. Well, let's talk about actually, before we talk about that part of Purdy, let's just talk about Purdy in a clutch game. As I, as I tweeted during the game when Raider fans were, I got a lot of tweets. They were like, pretty quiet over there. And I said, look, Montana can't lead a comeback if he never trails. And uh, after that fine first half, it wasn't being critical, 38 yards passing, whatever. That was just the nature of the game. He was 7-10 for two touchdowns in the first half. Looked good. Stidham was 11-14, 145, two touchdowns in the first half. Brock finished 22-35, 284, two touchdowns, and just had a lot of clutch downfield throws in the game. Had moments. I, you know, the screen at the end to McCaffrey, not at the end, before the, the, uh, the Robbie Golden, or yeah, that actually at the end, the screen of McCaffrey with a free blitzer coming right up the gut was a pretty while the throw in and of itself is no one would call it remarkable. Um that, that was to take the lead. That that drive. That was, that was to take the lead. 27-27. That one takes the lead. The, his his final drive. Now the first play of that final drive, he gets the End ball back. Regulation. Gotcha. 111 back, 34-34. It's like, right. okay, this is win or lose. Niners are in the playoffs. Let's just see this kid sling it. First play of that drive, almost picked. Clearly, little miscommunication. Ayuk first down. Ayuk first down. CMC dropped. It was a dime. Ayuk first down. So rattled off four straight passes, <coughs> first downs. Now, on that final ba- bailout Ayuk catch that ended up leading to the missed field goal, you know, anytime you get throttled, that's why I'm not going to talk shit about Stidham's final pick. Like, you get throttled, that's a weird – that happens to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. But I thought just – I am in complete confidence of this guy in passing situations. I, I really am. And I, I'm going to live with the picks. Like he's now at four straight games or whatever, where he is just a calm guy throwing the ball. I would say the same thing if Stidham had four more games like that. Like there is a calmness in a player that is just pretty easy to see with the eye test. Now to do it one game, it's you couldn't anoint him to do it a couple. It was cool to get excited. We have a body of work now. He's pretty fucking good. I mean, he just is. Does he have great physical skills? Is the ceiling you know, high in terms of like Josh Allen type plays? Of course not. But he's pretty damn good. 
and he's pretty damn calm, and he's pretty confident throwing. Ultimately, the 49ers are not Andy Reid. They're not going to throw go routes, even when they have a guy that they feel comfortable. Hell, Trey Lance has a big arm, and they didn't throw him. That's Kyle does not call that play, but he will call passing plays if he believes in the quarterback. He did not believe in Trey Lance. He did not as a passer. Jimmy, for the most part, he was hesitant to. This guy, it's dramatically different than you watch the other two guys, his play calling, isn't it? Like, they just like, it'll just be first down. Like, is he just five wide, like, letting this kid sling it? Like, throughout the game, down seven, tie game, down three. Well, he doesn't get spooked also. But I'm saying the coach treats this guy. No, no, I'm saying Kyle doesn't get spooked when, if Brock does something risky. Feels like with Jimmy, Kyle would get a little spooked if Jimmy did something risky. Kyle would curl up kind of offensively. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, he's, he has as much. I, yeah. He has more confidence. I think he has more confidence in Brock. He certainly calls a game like that. Now there are just times when you have to throw the ball down the field, but it feels like, and we've talked about the fact that they don't, they throw less passes behind the line of scrimmage with a Brock than they did with Jimmy. And they complete more balls from 10 to 19 yards with Brock than they did with Jimmy. And you know, if 18-yard kind of air-yard throws are your most explosive plays, you can have a pretty explosive offense. It doesn't have to be 45-yard Devontae Adams over-the-top sideline throws. You'd like them, but they scheme up enough kind of downfield open throws for Kittle every once in a while for one of the other tight ends or Juice that if 18 yards are your most explosive air yard plays, that that is more that you can get down the field really quickly if you're hitting 15, 16, 17, 18 yard throws, which consistently hitting those, th- those throws is what the 49ers have lacked. Well, the touchdown, it would have been the touchdown in the second half when they were down 10 points to Kittle when he kind of did the rollout and he rolls to the left and he hits him in the back of the end zone. Yeah, probably throwing to Ray Ray. No, no I think it's to me, it's pretty I'm clear that he was throwing. <laughs> That 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 was that was one of Ray Ray's last week. That was a really really impressive play, like that was high level shit. So when I and and sometimes I got to catch myself when I say a ceiling, that's a pretty high ceiling NFL play, right? It's perfect. Yeah, in traffic into the end zone, you got to drop it over guys, but leave it but leave it low enough for Kittle to go get it. You know, are some calling it Joe Montana to Dwight Clark? No, I wouldn't call it that, but. You know, it's it's a similar just there's only one place to put that ball, you know, kind of like the fade. I, you know, Stidham's touchdown to Devontae on that fade. Like there's only one place to put that ball, but it's easier said than done. Um, You know, he 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 cut the ball loose downfield to Kittle a couple times. That interception where Sanchez Sanchez as the analyst a couple times, uh, not a couple times, a lot because he can see more than we can see. We'll we'll start reacting to a play before you know what's happening. And on the interception that he threw, Sanchez started going, whoa. And you thought, well, it's Kittle wide. Oh, somebody is wide open now the field. Then you watch the ball get cut loose. And, you know, you don't see it a lot. Maybe that's a play where you see Brock's arm strength show up a little bit on that interception because it was underthrown. Um, but it's also a, you know, Shanahan, if, if I would have one kind of question for Shanahan, during post-game film study, I'd say, Kyle, why, why are all of these play-action rollouts to Brock's blind side, to Brock's left? It just takes him more time to set up and throw when he rolls that way, you know? 
Now, he had time to set up and throw, but it happened at the end of the game a couple of times where he would turn that corner to open up to his left, and there was somebody there that he didn't know was there. I think it's based on the previous plays. Like, everything is off the run plays, and I, th- I think it's the previous looks. Like, that's just the way the offense works. I, I don't think it's like necessary. it's a lot more rollout lefts to his blind side where it takes more time to set up than rolls to his right, where you can just get more body into the throw, I think. I also think there's part of it with this offense, especially as you get closer to the playoffs, is setting up the looks so the looks you want to do. I'm not trying to act like he's Albert no, Einstein here, but no, there is just answer. there's just setting up plays so I have, you know, the the full arsenal in a playoff game. Now the difference is like, what really is the difference between a playoff game and a regular season game? Obviously, there's a lot more on the line, but in terms of it's like you get 20 days to prepare, right? You don't have any more time to get ready for a normal game. But I do think he's just probably trying to get more looks on tape with Brock Purdy. And and also just keep feeling out what he's good at, what he's not good at. I mean, this is the quarterback of the future. It is. I mean, it's not even funny at this point. Right? No, it's he's this, the other quarterback. I, I quoted Rap Sheet's tweet. I'm a Twitter back, by the way. And Saw that. Congratulations. Rap Sheet said that he's got a second surgery. And I just quoted it said, yikes. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. And everyone's like, middle guy, what are you talking about? It's like, did you guys read the story? This is not the reason he's having surgery is because he's having issues. It wasn't, they just, this was scheduled all the way. No, he's been having pain. He's been on crutches and they had to do this. So there's no way around it that it's a yikes. It doesn't mean his career's over, but this surgery was not normal. Now, regardless of the surgery or not, Brock Purdy keep doing this. It There's... He was gonna. He's gonna go into the offseason as the starter. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We, but just because there's so much of this season that's important, but I don't see how you could argue that at this point. Can you? No. It's in our. It is inarguable at this point. Now, Trey Lance is still on the team. I'm not saying Trey. He's a backup. But for Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback, they would have to believe that what Brock Purdy is doing right now, Trey Lance can do better. And at this point, I mean, there's. There's not a lot of guys that can do it better than Brock Purdy's doing it right now. Now, careers are made over a career, not over a month and a half. But, you know, again, I, how could you argue Trey Lance is doing it, could do it better than Brock at this point? Not that this is a whole Trey Lance thing, but because it'd be hard. Most quarterbacks in the league are not playing as well as Brock Purdy is playing right now. Is that fair to say? He's playing better than most quarterbacks play right now. Of the 32 guys, yeah. Yeah, just most – like he is playing – Let's just say average is the middle. He is playing above average quarterback. Yes. So 100%. Like you don't, guys like that don't get replaced. Now today, a couple times, like he could have, there were some balls that could have been intercepted that were not. Sure. And I thought today was probably the, the most quote unquote, the PFF interceptable balls or balls that could have been intercepted that, you know, there's probably a play if you're playing the Giants or that's a Packer defender that probably six their hands, right? Who was the guy that had a ball stick to his hands today? Did you see that clip? No. The Texan defender? His glove. He took the glove off and it was still stuck to the ball. Everyone's like, uh, investigation? I guess if you're the Texans, no one actually cares. But I saw, I mean, look, I I saw now, uh, I I won't even say what what I saw Mahomes do today. It doesn't matter. It's not worth bringing up Mahomes and compare. I'm not comparing him, but guys throw picks. Guys make bad plays. It's Okay. Well, exactly. You could live with this. Is what we always said about like why you went from Trey Lance, the the potential from Jimmy. Well, give me like four touchdowns instead of two. 
and I can live with a pick or two. Give me three plus touchdowns every week. Purdy's doing that. I know he only had two, but he they're, they're explosive offensively. And what happens when they're explosive offensively? It opens up the run game. I mean, it's it just feels like much more of a balanced operation. And guess what? They're missing the fucking all pro who, when you add him back to the mix, it almost feels like they got too many guys. And honestly, today, it, there were just moments where it's like, you know, Danny Gray made a play. Uh, Ray Ray made a play. The Ray Ray play was actually pretty sweet, the little screen they said. Like, they, you, this guy just feels very comfortable running what Kyle Shanahan wants him to run. You know, that's a good point. The Ray Ray thing is like, it's Debo's not been available. Debo's not available, right? Debo's not has not been available for a few weeks. And it has on game day. Yeah, you know, he's probably he's avoided <laughs> all time NBA freak out. Thank God it, it was. It was. But they really haven't skipped a beat offensively. And, um, you know, in a weird way, I don't I don't know. You would say it's opened it up for other people. But Ayuk is definitely we can talk about Brandon. He's definitely stepped into that. McCaffrey's done a lot. Kittle has kind of blown up. Skipped a beat guy. Thirty five, thirty seven, thirty seven, three of the four last weeks. I mean, they, they are scoring points. This was a team that was like, you know, it's got to win twenty three to seventeen. I mean, yeah, three Tampa, thirty Dolphins, thirty three. Tampa, 35. Seattle, whatever, kind of ugly. On the road, short week, 21-13. 37-20, 37-34. This is the Niners' first game in which they've scored a ton of points, and it's been close, right? Yes. Which we talked about the other day. They haven't really done – they've scored a lot of points in blowouts against teams lying down, laying down. But they haven't played in a game like this yet. Beside the Chiefs game, this was easily the most points they've ever – I guess they gave up 28 to Falcons. So I saw one of the post Chiefs game. I guess they haven't lost, right? What are they on a eight game win streak? Not nine game win streak now. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine. seven, eight, nine. They've won nine straight games, guy. Like honestly, if they had lost today, which it felt, and there were moments when they could have lost. I mean, it was it was like they could lose this game. I, you know, I felt pretty good because it was like Purdy's playing well. Yeah, you know, it's the thing that was going to rattle you the most is like, you know, Purdy threw a six pick game, or he just had that moment, like, oh my god, he it hasn't even remotely come close to happening. And I like, okay, the defense has a shitty week, like whatever. Like you're allowed to have Peyton Manning didn't have a perfect game seventeen weeks a season, right? Tiger Woods shoots over par every once in a while in his prime. Now you and I have been saying like this defense probably a little overhyped. In terms of like relative to all time defenses, but like you're you're allowed a bad game. Yeah. Playing an uncommon opponent. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With Butcherbox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always. And you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to ButcherBox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at ButcherBox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off.
Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars can i tell you about my friends very very good friends and mainly because i've been using this app for a long time game time they are the best ticket app i've ever used you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event you want to go to a concert you want to go watch steph curry and clay thompson and draymond make a little playoff run well that's where you use game time You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com 
and point your toes west. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harm credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, weird quarter, you know, quarterback switch, that type of thing. Um, so 22 with 35, 284, two touchdowns, a pick. I thought the experience for Brock just being in a game like this there was a value in that. Like you said, the loss wasn't going to kill him in terms of the big picture making the playoffs. It, it would have eliminated you know, any hopes of the one seed and maybe the two seed because Minnesota plays uh, the Bears next week. But I wouldn't put anything past Minnesota, although I don't know if Fields will be playing quarterback for the Bears next week. But I, it was, a, a, I, I thought, a really a road environment, if you want to call it that, useful experience for Brock Purdy. And Brock might say, guys, I, you know, I've been in games like that before, so it really didn't make a difference to me. But it made me at least more comfortable with him watching him in a game in which they trailed. I think Dubow answered the stat. Niners are now 2-33 and under Kyle Shanahan when they're losing by double digits in the second half. The only other time they won a game when trailing by double digits in the second half under Kyle is last year's Week 18 game against the Rams. I saw one of the beat writers, maybe it was Barrows, say it kind of felt like the Saints. Remember the Niners-Saints game in 2019? That shootout after the Ravens loss um, where Jimmy was probably Jimmy's best career game. That it kind of just felt like that in the building there today. Um, but I, for me, what I really valued was watching Brock in a game where they trail. Just every throw was going to matter. Every decision was going to matter. You know, taking a sack was going to kill you, all that type of stuff. And he was great. He, I'm, I mean, I, I think he was great. And I'm using great maybe a little loosely, but like he really passed that. He had a test today that we hadn't seen him take yet, and he really passed it. Greatest run for Mr. Relevant player in the history of the league. Low bar, but yeah. Bar's low, but he's exceeding expectations. And honestly, for the Purdy family, ever since probably 2009, it's been trending upward. Right, he's just carrying on that tradition. Just keep trending. What was your? Let's uh, talk about our the favorite Brock Purdy plays from the day. The throw, the touchdown to Kittle, number one touchdown to Kittle. I I I do think his throwaways. I mean, I would say this under Jimmy Garoppolo, when we talked about him and thought they were had a Super Bowl level team with him, 
looking back, like it would have been very difficult because he can't avoid the sacks that Purdy can. Purdy is avoiding sacks because from a scouting perspective, his instincts, like one thing I think like Carr, for example, gets knocked on, doesn't have great instincts when guys are close to him anymore. Mm. And I would say Jimmy is very hit or miss with this. And part of it is like Tom Brady can have good instincts, but he can't move, whatever. This guy can move. And that double juke he had on the blitzing Raider off the edge to his left side, even Sanchez was like, damn, th- th- that was remarkable. And th- that's a big difference of like losing. The, you're talking about on the throwaway, that play? I'm talking on the throwaway, talking yeah. losing eight yards or just going back to, you know, it's it's first and 10, you're just second and 10 and second and 18. Then all of a sudden you get a slant, you get a first down. It's like, boom. Usually that was, that play led to a sack from Jimmy Garoppolo and then to a three and out, right? Because it was second and 18, then he ran it, and then he just like ran a slant, okay, five yards. So his ability to extend plays and just neutral, like not even gain anything, right? Just throw the ball away. Wasn't that the knock on Jimmy? Didn't throw the football away? He had like three, three in his career? The three this year. So, and, I, and to me, some of those, how about the dimes on the, on the, on the minute drive at the end of the game. Yeah. He's hitting him in stride. Like he, it also is a reflection of Jimmy Garoppolo's Jimmy, not very accurate. He's high, low. This guy is fucking right in the bread basket. And a couple times Raider defenders were draped all over. Ayuk, And he's just, even Sanchez was like, this is like bread and butter, Montana, right? That, that, that slant play. I'm not saying th- those two guys, but the slant is the bread and butter of the West coast offense. Even though Shanahan's like this, kind of morphed offense now, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you can run the slant, Kyle's running shitload of slants today. He had two huge. I would put, he had two huge throw. Jennings had two big catches. He had the one after, I think after the Kittle hold and they had one after the Burford penalty. Remember Burford was like Burford sprinted downfield on that McCaffrey screen. Like he was, uh, like he was running a route. (laughs) Like Burford, why don't you run a slant on this play? Burford was gone. Burford was like, Forrester is going to love this so much. I'm going to deplete a DB. Uh, so both of those plays to Jennings. Guy, how about there was a play, there was a throw in the second half to Jennings down the sideline, hit him in the hands. Now, that yeah. it kind of got broken up, but that it, was a dime. It was a dime. That was going to be a really tough catch, but that was that was a dime. Um, the, but can't you live with like the 50-50 plays that are incompletions? You're like, that was a good, productive throw. Give my guy a chance. <laughs> it felt like a lot of times downfield, Garoppolo doesn't give guys cha- didn't give guys chances. No. Um, I, like I said earlier, I thought the second down at midfield that McCaffrey went for 38 yards to set up the go ahead score when he has an unblocked blitzer coming right up the gut and he gets it to Christian. McCaffrey waits and waits and waits for Brunskill, who comes over with this diving block and then tucks his legs so he doesn't trip McCaffrey. And then McCaffrey takes off. I just thought that was like no freak out. He knew him. I, and I think that goes back to what you were saying about his feel. Like he does have just really good feel. And I think you wonder with a rookie who has good feel in college, when the game speeds up at the NFL, will his feel translate? And Purdy's feel translates. That's, you know, I think when you watch basketball, you can see that really quickly. Like with a rookie, does, you know, basketball, it's really obvious. Like, does the guy have a feel? Is he in the right place? Is the ball moving when he touches it? Does he know what to do with it? Does he help on defense? You can see it really quickly in hoops. And um, you see it really quickly with Brock. Like, when there is pressure, does he know exactly how much time he has to not panic? And he, he doesn't. 
Well, don't you think not panic under pressure? Like literally under a guy running at him pressure. One thing you see in the Final Four with the college guys, most, I mean, TCU doesn't have that many five stars, but the other programs have high-level guys that are just like pretty natural players. Yeah. But you do college games, and if you watch a lot of college games where you see guys like, this guy should be pretty talented, but he's just like, something's missing. I think you see it a lot when you call college basketball games. Like, this guy's 6'9", he's fucking shredded. It's like, I don't think he guy knows what he's doing out there. I can't tell you how many sophomores I've talked to a basketball coach about. Like, you know, how's John doing? He's like, well, you know, he's like 6'8", 235. He's like, well, he's, you know, just trying to, he doesn't really have the feel yet. It's just, I think it's so hard in basketball to like get that. And if you don't have it by the time you're through your freshman year, like you're probably not getting it. And, and what's crazy about the NFL, what's crazy about the NFL is the draft is a process of like balancing upside on guys, like a Kittle, right? On a Fred Warner guys that have the measurables that just for whatever reason you can get in the third or the fourth or the fifth round and then can become high-end players and taking like, this guy's really got some instincts because if Purdy was Nick Foles size, like we said, he would have gotten in the first round. People loved him and he produced at the highest level, but he's tiny, but you watch him, you go, this guy just has it, right? He just has it like Steve Kerr, the type guys he loves just have it. Right now, a lot of people are like, well, he just doesn't like the talented guys. He just wants guys that are good. They're like, yeah, they might have a lower floor or excuse me, a lower ceiling, but they can just operate. Well, that's and the this, thing. And this guy, in a weird way, is kind of breaking through that ceiling of like, well, we acted like he's just this high floor guy. He's actually probably somewhere closer in the middle of like he breaks through that floor. We have to acknowledge like he does not have the physical attributes of Mahomes, Herbert or Allen, obviously. But he's fucking, if, if Kirk Cousins and some of these guys, like Dak Prescott doesn't have a great arm. Now Dak's bigger, but I watched Dak on Thursday Night Football throw a pick right in the fucking guy's breadbasket. Like he, and and look, they've put good teams around him and they win 12 games every year, right? And the difference is like, imagine if Dak was Kyle's quarterback. Kyle would feel great about it. Like part of like the Niners having Purdy just play like that, if he can get into that group, of what Cousins and Dak, you know, kind of hold down that 9 to 11 group. Well, if you have a high-end coach and a good roster, like, you can make hey, The reason the Cowboys lost in the playoffs is because they're coaching their operation, right? Their talent with the Niners, it wasn't, it didn't look like that big of a gap, right? It was like they were going off sides every play, and fucking McCarthy's chewing on a pencil. Couldn't manage the clock at the end of the game. <laughs> no. Dak was a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So the, the point, and th- this is, listen, would you rather have the top five quarterbacks? Of course, but that's just not an option. And the Niners tried, and now the guy's getting a second surgery in six months. Shit, less than that, right? I mean, he got when did he get hurt? Middle of September. This is what they got. He's fucking damn impressive. And their coach is who's the offensive coordinator. Loves him. And when I when I'm saying love, like just watch like the way he calls plays. Well, also their star players are producing with him. Which I think is just when you are a new quarterback, it's a really simple. You remember the story? Was it a Niners practice? Iuk like, or was it after? I think it was a practice after the week in which Purdy came in for Jimmy. There was a play in practice where he, or you know what it was? It was Ayuk didn't get the ball a lot, or something like that, right? Ayuk missed up. He missed him. He missed Ayuk on a play, or maybe he missed him in practice. The story was Ayuk telling the story. Purdy came right up to me. He's like, "Man, I'm like, I'm gonna get you. Don't worry. Like, I got you, right?" And I don't know if you heard today during the broadcast. 
there was some play in practice where Stidham came up to Devontae was like, I'll get you. I'll get you next time. I got you. And Devontae was like, don't worry about it, man. You don't have to be perfect. Just put it up there for me. My point is like all these quarterbacks, I think are very cognizant of getting the ball to the star player because the star player like wants the ball and will be mad at you if he doesn't get the ball. Well, all the star players. Now, part of this is just Kyle's able to manipulate the offense with short throws to get guys the ball. But if you have stars on your team, the number one requirement for the quarterback is just get the guy the ball. That's well, it. Just get the guy the ball. Don't give away possessions and get the guy the ball. Well, How's listen, he doing he, that? he's a fun story, and I, I root for him when he plays, and I, I root for this team beside when they play the Niners because I know a lot of people there. There is a massive drop-off between Minshew and him and just his ability to get the ball to those two guys. Wait, are you saying if the Niners play the Eagles? I'm rooting for the Niners. Oh, so, okay. Sorry, Phil. You're rooting for the Eagles. Okay. No, I'm saying if, if every other game they play, I'd root That's for them. I want them to do well. Right. But Eagles ain't sending a paycheck anymore. <clears throat> no, fuck that. But I, I, I enjoy watching them. Like yeah. they are, They're a star-studded team like the Niners. There is a massive drop-off on their ability to like function with their offensive stars. Because like the Niners... A.J. Brown, who did hit a big play today, Devontae, Stud, Miles Sanders, Goddard, like they are locked and loaded. But the drop-off is precipitous, right, with Jalen and Gardner. And I, I think it's pretty clear, like Gardner's a solid backup, like he's going to play in the league for a while. Purdy is feeding these guys. Now, part of it is the offense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a huge part of it is the offense. But that's the offense. That's what Kyle's always said. It's like, Middlecoff, you you and all, everyone else on the internet thinks I need this fucking star quarterback. My offense, if you just can play at a relatively high level, we're going to score points. We're going to score points. And today they scored fucking points with ease. Now, the Raiders defense sucks. But like we said, it was the previous four of the last five weeks. They, they just score touchdowns. <laughs> they, they, they feel potent. You know, that's the first half of the season. They did not feel potent. They were winning games or competitive in games, but they weren't potent. They feel potent now. Honestly, the Raiders at any moment kind of feel potent because like they might just go deep to Waller or Devontae, right? Right. The Niners never felt like that with old James Garoppolo. I think the other thing, you know, when you look back at Minshew, remember like the early Minshew magic in Jacksonville, the one thing that Minshew does that Brock at least has not done is he throws picks. He did it today. He threw it back. Like I said, he did have some drop today. Would you count that last one a drop? No, but the, the, there was one on the end zone that the guy was sitting right there, and you did tweet, yeah. you did text me that you know they shouldn't be allowed to wear black because of the black end zone. You can't see. I do think it's an unfair advantage for the Raiders to wear black uh, at home when they play like, the black jersey in the black end zone, like Boise blue on blue. Yeah, shouldn't be allowed to wear blue on blue. Uh, but you know the end zone play, like in the playoffs, I mean, that, that, that's how Chandler that's Jones, you know, picked off uh, whatever his name on the Patriots. Oh yeah, that uh, Jacoby thought he was because he was laying down. At he first, was he right? was in the bl- black wearing black in the in the. Lo- I mean, I just unfair advantage. I wish the league. I think the, the competition committee should look at it. Are you trying to diminish a top three grader moment in the last twenty years since the internet started? <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. Top three moment. Look, I'm a Raider, I'm Raider guy, John, so I can say those things. True, you know, I, I acknowledge. I think we have a dis- could argue we last twenty advantage. years. Their top moment was. Last year, beating Herbert in the in the you know week eighteen or whatever, Chandler Jones number two. Uh yeah, it might be. I mean, it was just I, you know signing Josh McDaniels feels like that was pretty high. Yeah, it's going well. That was a big moment. Getting the stadium in Vegas in your face, in my face, that was a big that was a big moment. I give Jerry credit on that. 
Uh, Ryan on the stream uh, says, is Josh McDaniels or Nate Hackett going to drink more Tito's by themselves this offseason? Minus 150, it's Nate. No clue if my sir, oh, first super went through. Super chat. Uh, how Jerry Ro- I mean, Jerry Rosenberg uh, almost pulled it off today, Broncos Chiefs. I looked over one time. I have them on like one of the three screens. And he was walking so fast down the sideline. I was thinking like, what this whole, this is crazy. Did he have a headset now, on? He had a headset on. Yeah. Okay. Now part of it was, you know, their defensive coordinator, who's also UC Davis guy. Who's obviously really good. Zero. And to me, who's got, if I'm Kyle, I'm sniffing around on him to replace D'Amico. If D'Amico dreams of sushi. Yeah. I, I, that guy's good. He turned it down. <laughs> Now, I think I think uh, Nathaniel Hackett is his best friend since college, so it might be principal. But you do yeah. get a, they do give you a prorated interim. You know, if you're making two million as the D coordinator, you get the prorated double rate. I mean, that's not nothing. Maybe just doing what was right for the team. He knows his stock is as high as it could be. I'm not going to come out here and start mismanaging timeouts when I'm not prepared. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why do I want to diminish any of my shine? Yeah. I'm just going to be over here coaching D. I don't want to have to talk to Russ. Yeah. Russ started crying today. You see that? No. Crying would be strong. He got emotional. Yeah. It, the, guy's, the guy's supporting him on social. Oh, yeah. I did see a lot. Garrett Bowles. Uh, Judy and Judy, Sutton. Yeah. and. Their offensive lineman also got in a fight with the backup quarterback last week because he didn't pick him up. So it's 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 Twitter's, you know, there are a lot of people in uh in society that drive right by the homeless guy on the side and then get home and tweet like, Oh my god, I love poor people. It's like that's it's pretty easy to tweet, you know. There's only so it's, much you can do, all right. It's it's very hollow. It's very hollow. Uh Brandon Ayuk today, not hollow. Nine catches, hundred and one yards, a touchdown. One of his catches was also not a pick. So I give him extra credit for that. His his was his last catch when the ball was fluttering in the air. He came over and made a play on it, and um, just was everywhere. I mean, felt like a you know a primetime player, war daddy, PTPer. You know the numbers weren't as big, but it kind of felt like in a weird way he was going toe to toe with Devonte, and um, he was just there. He was there every time. It felt like the Niners needed him outside of. You know that stumble, drop, whatever. I catch, give him a little slack on that. It was one. If you look back, like it's one of his biggest games, just statistically, of his career, and it was one of the most important for sure. If you've watched him play all season, and most people listening have, like the way he carries himself, he carries himself like every single game. I'm going ten for one twenty, and he runs routes. He gets open. You see the NFL tweeted Instagram something out of his routes and all the guys were like reposting it of him just getting open all season long. And the thing I respect most about Devontae Adams is he doesn't say much. He he doesn't feel like he's barking at the other team or he's like the opposite of like a Jalen Ramsey, you know, some of Terrell Owens over the years, like, and it's easy to get in that when you're on the outside, right? He just fucking dominates. I do think Ayuk, and there's a toughness to Devontae. He doesn't talk about it. You just feel like, this guy's tough. Ayuk has the same kind of mannerisms. Like, I want to go to war with this fucking guy. Like, I want to go to war with Devontae Adams. I want to go to war with Brandon Ayuk. Now, obviously, Adams has done it a lot longer. But I I don't see how you watch Ayuk. And his stats in a passing league are not going to be comparable to probably the top 15 guys in the league. But... He is. I, I I don't think there are 15 wide receivers the 49ers would trade him for, right? 
I agree. I mean, his, his his nine catches, just looking at his history, his nine catches ties the second most catches he's had in a game in his career. And the 101 receiving yards is fourth most he's had in his career. Um, three of his four most productive games in terms of yards have come on the road. At New England, a blowout back in 2020. Uh well, actually, this Raider game now is up here. It says 107 yards, so there's some discrepancy. This actually has it as his third biggest game. One stat says 101. This thing says 107, but it's one of the biggest games of his career. I was watching. I had the Patriot game on the volume earlier today, and I think it was Charles Davis and Ian Eagle. And Charles like, one thing Belichick was saying is that he thinks this year is Tyreek's best season. And he's like, he didn't want to act like, he's any different than Kansas City. He said the difference is this year, and it's part of the offense, is Andy, obviously, they're so big on going deep, right? And like deep crossers and shit. Was it in McDaniel's offense, they run a lot of slants. They, they just get the ball to him really quick, right? On a quick hitter, like Kyle does. And, and Belichick was basically telling him, like, he showed a lot of toughness. And if you watch Tyreek, like, he is not scared. And to me, a toughness element of running slants, like obviously you're not going to, Steve Atwater and John Lynch are going to take your block off. Still, the physicality of that position, it's not that physical on the outside when you're just one-on-one going up for a ball relative to the game, right? (laughs) But when you're in a slant position and there are other linebackers there, there's a fearlessness to this guy that obviously Tyreek has, Devontae has, like that a lot of the great guys have. And you got to have it to be a complete receiver because he can go outside and get open running routes. But, like, he made his hay today, especially when it mattered, going over the middle of the field. Like, you guys probably know I'm going to run a slant here. <laughs> like, and you ain't going to be able to cover me. Again, he's not playing, you know, I'm trying to think of the great <laughs> Raider corners, Namdi or Charles. But Rod Woodson. Yeah, I mean, he just, he, he was, he's been like, I, I think top to, I don't think he's looked any different today than he has on some of his two catch games. Yeah, he's come. He comes to play, and it really started. In, it started in the off season when he fucking fought Fred. This guy was on a mission to like prove he's an alpha on the squad. Like he's he's a team captain next year, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> top. It depends how many spots Kyle has to go to give a yeah. seat a tray. <laughs> uh, 12, 12 guys have received a captainship this year. Remember, Trey didn't get one. Oh no, is it because he cut it off at eight? What was the what was the deal? Yeah, he's like cut it off at eight. Easily could have been nine. He had a lot of votes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. I think it's a great point. He actually has more games where you feel him more than the box score, where it's like, man, Ayuk was every not everywhere, but Ayuk had a big impact. And you look, and it's like four catches for seventy five. Um, but he is an all business guy. It's why his tweet last week or his Instagram post at Devonte like, go stand with your boy was kind of even that felt out of character, but he just feels like he's in he's in a very good place. And I think the thing you would say about him and Devontae, whatever tiers you want to put him on, and it's hard to find exactly where Brandon's spot is, they really help their quarterbacks, right? Like Brandon Ayuk makes his quarterback better. And I think having a guy that you can trust over the middle to get open, that's what made it a little dicey sometimes with Jimmy is you just you still had to make the throw, not airmail the ball. And him and Purdy are locked in together. Him and Purdy are locked in. Purdy hits him in stride all the time so far. Here's, listen, a lot of people, Devontae's got made fun of a lot on the internet, right, for leaving to go to this shit show. And rightfully so, like he chose. Historically with the Raiders, when that guy goes there, they become irrelevant, they suck. He's got 95 catches, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns. Like, 
Devontae hasn't derailed his Hall of Fame chances. He's gone to a place where his best friend got uh, benched. The franchise was in shambles. And, and you know what? I think he's earned like, listen, did he make a bad decision? Yes, but he hasn't flinched. It's like, hey, motherfuckers, throw me the pill. Remember, it was yeah. like, he made a bad decision for winning. It hasn't affected his, like you said, his production at all. It's made was him it in you? a weird way. Was it better. you or Pat Hill that told the story of Jim McElwain when he went to coach with the Raiders and he'd call routes for Randy Moss? And Randy's like, yeah, I, I don't run the deep end cut here, buddy. That, but that must have been Pat. It wasn't me. That's a good story. I, I think he told all the Fresno State guys that when he went there and they would call plays, maybe it was when the dirt was still there. Like, yeah, bro, I ain't running. Oh, I do it. remember that, that he would not run on the dirt. Yeah. But I think he specifically told them on top of that, there were some routes and it was just, but that no one even held that against him at the grand scheme of things, right? I was like, oh, it's just the Raiders. And it, if Devontae wanted to do what he said today, no one would even have blamed him like, in solidarity with with his boy, but he showed up today. I feel Ayuk is cut from that same cloth, and I like that in my players. Like, there's just not much that not much BS with them. They're not divas. They're just fucking there to play. Now, Devontae's been doing it a long time, but think about this. They're both, you know, Devontae's from the Packers with, like, the highly craziness with Aaron Rodgers, and just he just kind of handled it. Ayuk who feels actually a little crazier than Devontae. Like that moment with Fred Warner was a pretty high level. Like, I got a little crazy in me, motherfuckers, yeah. and I ain't scared of shit. John's talking about, I, we've mentioned it a lot, but a practice play in which Fred clocked a guy. We were there, and Brandon came running from across the field to start a fight. Well, he, he fought him twice in three reps. Well, think? that's right. That was after there had already been, there had been some shit talking him. leading up to that that practice, hadn't there been? Yeah, because Fred called him like his little brother. And he's like, Fred had tapped him on the head or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this guy. You remember going to OTAs and just seeing the way he carried himself? Like, I do. Where was Debo? Oh, was nowhere to be found. Well, they, well there were. Was like, that his trade request? Was, yeah. When then there were times where, like, um, Debo ever roll that back or just pretend like that didn't happen? What's that? The, the trade, trade request? request? Yeah, I thought you, kinda, said, you don't believe that it ever happened. Well, I don't think he ever acknowledged it or anything. He just no, kind of came and know, went. Kind of the way to do things now. Uh, but there were times when you'd watch the receiver drills, I remember, early, where Ayuk was all, you know, whatever. People always make a lot of this, like, who's in front? Well, Ayuk was always. But he's carried himself this way for a few years. Like, he's just a very... He was, good, la- he was good last year. Honestly, kind of to the point where I believe... That, you know, Shanahan's narrative on Ayuk being in the doghouse is not that he was mad, that Brandon was misbehaving. It's that Brandon debuted in the NFL in the COVID year, right? His third year, yep. Didn't get as much practice, like just didn't quite understand because there wasn't a preseason. There was less camp or whatever the deal. I don't remember exactly. But Kyle's ultimate. Well, there, there, was, there was no offseason training camp yeah. started. So Kyle's ultimate kind of explanation, the narrative that he puts out there, is that it wasn't that Brandon did something wrong so much as he just he was behind because the, it was he didn't quite understand what was required of him. But he was like he was never a screw around guy or wasn't taking it seriously or anything. And the more Brandon's career I watched, the more I kind of believe Kyle that it wasn't about Brandon being a screw around guy. He did mention some stuff a couple weeks ago. I, I wonder if the Welker and his relationship was kind of weird and rocky. And maybe Kyle sided with Welker early on. And then I think maybe he shifted to B.I.U.K. And then wasn't a big Welker guy. I, I, I do think there's some more as time goes on to look into that yeah. historically. 
You know, there might have been a little something, something. Yeah. We about 17 Niner coaches whenever I watch a Dolphins game, and he's one of them. And it doesn't feel, it feels like he was always leaving with whoever left first or next, I guess. Yeah. Like Kyle, you can stop the wide receiver coach from going. He didn't stop him. Nope. Peace. Devontae, 14 touchdowns now leads the NFL, by the way. That's two more than Kelsey. That's four more than Diggs. You know who's fourth in the NFL in touchdown receptions? Scored one today. What team? Give it away, huh? Yeah. Amari. <laughs> I, I did see someone tweet today, like, Amari Sneaky having a massive year. <laughs> did you see the other tweet about all the NFL.com tweets about the Browns? No. Every Browns touchdown highlight, there's like three touchdown passes today. They zoom the image in, so the quarterback is cropped out of the highlight. So you just see, like, the ball, maybe for a moment you'll see the throw, but the ball just, like, comes out of the right side of the screen because they zoom it in so you don't see Deshaun. And they don't say the quarterback's name in the tweet. Whereas, like, most times they always say, like, you know, Purdy to Ayuk for for 60 yards or whatever. So you think if we click on the Chiefs, it'd be like Mahomes dropping back to Kelsey? Of course. (laughs) The quarterbacks are the stars. And uh, with them, they don't say that. They're just like, Amari goes big. You know, like, you don't even see the thrower. Since when do you crop the quarterback out of the highlight? Uh, Amari's going to end his career... Is he going to have like a Hall of Fame level stat resume of just a ton of like production? And it's like, was he probably just really solid player? That's people actually, like he, people are going to act like, oh, he just didn't live up to the hype. And you're going to look at his stats. You're like, well, he's fucking pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, you have another team in him, probably, right? Doesn't feel like he's long for the Browns, but they're going to keep him next year because they're going to next year, they're going to think they can get Deshaun Watson. I looked at one time today, Watson's stats were pretty terrible. So he's having his sixth 1,000-yard season in, what, nine years in the NFL this year. Uh, he's probably going to finish with du- maybe with double-digit touchdowns for the first time in his career. He's having one of the best years. I mean, he's just had a bunch of really good years. How many total touchdowns does the guy have in seven years? Uh, well, this doesn't have – what did I tell you he has today? Nine. So now he's got 55. I mean, he's going to end up with, like, 95 touchdowns? He's only 28. You're not that old, man. 28 turns 29 in June. So I say feels like, like he's got a game years. that'll age, right? He could play another nine years, maybe. I would have bet against him trying in Cleveland. Like just quiet. Might be a Shanahan guy actually one one day. <laughs> kind of feels that way. According to Pro Football Reference, his nickname is the Route Runner. So <laughs> <laughs> I do want to mention McCaffrey today because this was definitely one of those games, and he's had several of them, where you watch and go, yep, worth it. <laughs> he was extra worth it, I thought, in this game. 19 for 121 on the ground, which is over six yards of carry. Touchdown, six catches for 72 yards. He was extra special. He's been special, but this was extra special, McCaffrey. The screenplay was one of the plays of the game, right? What part of it? The patience? I would say the patience. Oh, that was that was the Brunskill play, right? That, so he waits for him. patience was outrageous. And then the way he finished the run just kind of set the tone like, we ain't fucking losing. Yeah, that's right. The finish was good. <laughs> finish was sweet. And he was so gassed they had to let Buck Mason get his first career touchdown. How about that? <laughs> that's pretty Somebody's... sweet. And then I mean, was, that was a really good run. To me, it was pretty cool, too, when he, you know, anytime that the star player like gets a lot of joy and the backup player kind of, yeah, especially yeah. as a running back, when the guy gets to kind of like uh, piggyback off your work. Right. 
To, he just so I good in the Price had a good run, by the way. Was that a, a first down run today? Uh, it was a little Le'Veon Bell, like patient, and then I hit it. It was it was sweet. And then he yeah. had the little uh, 360 that gave him an extra couple yards. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, Sanchez had a good point. I think Sanchez is actually pretty good. He's I think an, Sanchez is awesome. Just an easy listen, isn't well, it? He's comfortable. Like, he's just, just, he's comfortable. He's just himself. I, very I had, insightful. I had Buddy that worked on the Bears when he was the backup, and he's like, listen, I don't know if he's that good at football or anything. We love him in the building. Like, he's just, you can just tell, like, I didn't kick it with Sanchez. Yeah. He's just a I, natural, he's, he's very comfortable, like, in his own skin, right? He's not trying to, I'm not trying to act like I'm Rome or whatever. I'm just calling the game, having a good time. I went to SC. I've been getting laid for 20 plus years. I'm 35 years old. Like, kind of makes good. some dorky jokes every time he's on camera, but like, it's very endearing, which is fine. But, I, I got but no the problem. one thing he said, and I, 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 I guess I agree with him. Purdy hit a seed to McCaffrey on the slant. Like they were, they were in double slants. Yeah. Yep. And they took Ayuk away. And I, I, at first, I'm like, do not throw it to 11 because the guy built bolts in would have picked it off. And Purdy waits that extra second, and Christian's wide open, and hits his hands, and it hits the ground. And he's like, you know, I know he's the best pass-catching wide receiver in the league, and didn't they? he has the most catches in the history of the league through six years, passes Roger Craig. Is that what that stat was today on the screen? Yeah, well, yeah, they said it on the, I think they said it on the broadcast, too. And Maria was like, who is the quarterback for Roger Craig? I was like, Joe Montana. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, symmetry here. But he isn't a wide receiver, right? So it's like, can I... Can you live with that drop? Is it a tough catch? Yeah. I, I think you can. I mean, yeah. It's just part of it. It's just whatever. I mean, I think he'll probably catch it more than he doesn't. It was a rocket. <laughs> I bet he would tell you he's pissed off he dropped that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would. I I just, you expect him to make those plays. He just makes so many plays. He's sweet. I, the, the screen. Raider, just... Raiders defense does suck. I mean, he's, the, yeah, he has whatever. not been uh, running but, the ball. But and here's today, the point. They needed, Christian, they needed Christian McCaffrey to win the game today, and he was excellent. For sure. So whoever you're playing, you're playing. He just starts every game at 100 miles an hour. And then it just depends. If you get the ball first in the second half, he eats a whole banana at halftime. And if you defer it, he eats half a banana. Or is it the other way? It wasn't really clear. Does he eat half a banana if you're getting the ball first in the second half? Or a whole banana? Did you catch that I, part of the Barrows article? When he was in there I, at halftime? Listen, no offense to has peanut butter and jelly, and then it depends on when they're getting the ball, how much banana he eats. So today they got the ball. I bet it was half a banana. Because you don't need because you don't need the banana to last as long. I, I like doing peanut butter and jelly and put the banana in there. That's a great move. Yeah, that's a good sandwich. I remember seeing Mark Sanchez at Pac-12 Media Day a few years a year, few years ago, and there's always like some big time guys there. And they, you know, I just you see him, whatever. And he was just he was just walking around like just kind of talking to anybody who popped up and talked to him, just cruising around, doing work, kind of prepping. I just remember thinking, like he just looks really comfortable. I mean, son of a fi- son of a fireman, man, blue collar right. guy, son of a fireman. Yeah, I mean, played for USC and the Jets <laughs> for Rex. Got nicknamed the Sanchez. Won some playoff games. Yep. Was a quarterback on a team that beat the Patriots at home in their head. Had the butt fumble. Doesn't care. Doesn't phase him at all. Like actually, I think laughs at it sometimes. Whatever. Well, I mean, he did. I mean, he was dating Verlander's girl for a little while. Oh, that's right. You know, I mean, Sanchez. Sanchez lived a good life. <laughs> you know, don't cry for Sanchez. No, no one's crying for Sanchez. Sneaky had a longer end of his career, too. Yeah. If you just told me, like, yeah, Sanchez and Christian kept going I, longer. I can just did. Sanchez just feels like he just hangs out with the guys. You know, Sanchez just feels like a dude. Sanchez is gonna not gonna go away for a while on TV. Well, I think Fox has two, like, not, I mean, we could I hadn't thought about it, but I just watched the game thinking, man, between him and Olsen, they've got two young guys that are really good at this. 
How about the ref in the Niners Raider game looking like Greg Olson's uncle or brother? You notice that guy? No, I didn't. That guy looks just like an Olson family member, whatever his name is. Olsons are good looking. They had great hair. Yeah. Uh, 49ers defense today. They gave up 365 passing yards to Jarrett Stidham in his first career start. And um, all told, they allowed, what, 500? Looks like a lot of yards. Even. <laughs> Looks like a lot of yards. <laughs> 500 even. A 500 burger. Um, you get matter. Yeah, I mean, I, the quarterback played well. Like, all seriousness, no hating on the Raiders. The quarterback looked pretty good. It was if if you're him and they showed his wife seventy five times. I mean, holy and her friends were very happy to be in the suite. They're good looking people, but I mean, we we got a little much of them. Had a good day, not so much in the second half. It was an exciting day for the young man, but yeah, listen. My whole take on the Niners' defense is you're allowed an off day throughout the season. They were pretty terrible today. It looked like, as most people were joking, did they go out last night on the strip? Uh. The Bosa, did you notice him slipping a couple times when he was trying to do moves? He tried to do like a 360 move one time and slipped. Tom slip another time. Robbie, go check the turf after his mess. Yes. <laughs> no, Robbie, that was you. And Bosa uh, had a big Bosa had the play of the game at the end. No, he did. He made but I'm saying early in the game, they, they weren't really getting pressure. He just felt like there were some openings over the middle of the field, their corners. Just a splits. I mean, that touchdown at the end of the first half. Ward right there. He's made that play all season long, and Devontae gets basically three feet in. They had some open guys. Lenore was right there on the big Devontae play at the end of the game. I don't know, you know. I mean, Waller, I think they got lucky. He got targeted five times. You could have targeted him more. The Niners, that was a tough matchup for them, right, when you factor in his height and his speed, because their safeties don't really run. Luckily, like, you look at the the NFC, like, it's not going to be a crazy matchup. Honestly, the you could argue the Raiders match up pretty well against the Niners. They have I had a buddy in the league tell me he thinks Josh Jacob, when he just watches film when he's been on on the field this year, you could make an argument he's been the best running back in the league. Wow. Just physicality and just how big of a load he is. He's fucking good. You know? So they have a star running back who runs like a like it's Earl Campbell, 1978. They have a top two or three wide receiver. When he's on, you could argue he's the best receiver in the league. Waller, who's mailed it in since he got paid two years ago, felt like he's like showed up today, missing Derek. You watch his comments when Derek got benched, a little weird. Maybe like they're not buddies. That's a a good tight end. Is just going to be a tough matchup for their safeties. They just matched up well. Now the quarterback was smooth and played well, but those guys came to play. I I do think like if you just told me like you could give Waller and Devontae to the Packers and that's the Niners two seven, I'd be like, oh fuck, right. Devontae's the last player I think the Niners would want to see on any team in the postseason. I agree. They can't stop him. He's eviscerated them for years now. Even when his team was kind of gutless, he showed up to play. How he got open on that first touchdown. You remember? Where Stidham rolls left, rolls left, rolls left. Hufunga breaks. Devontae just kind of drifts back, drifts back, and then it just just breaks free. He's just all alone. Um, that's every time I'd see him, every time I'd see them putting him in the slot, I'm like, I don't, I, I especially wouldn't late. have safety on him. Like late hey, they had him in the spot and it was, I think a linebacker standing over him. Yeah. I would switch up the linebacker, put him out on the receiver and get a corner on this guy. Like Aiden Hutchinson today. Did you see that play? Sweet pick. <laughs> they were, they dropped 11. I think on the play. I look up at first and I saw on Twitter, 
Justin Fields destroying the Lions up 10-3. And then I look back up, they're down like 31 to 10. What the hell happened? I don't watch any of that game. They won um, like 38 to 10. Uh I mean, I, I think some of the things you saw today. I think there was nobody that I circled on the Niners defense and thought, oh, that guy had an uncharacteristically bad game. I thought the Raiders did the things that you're always kind of afraid could hurt the 49ers, right? Like a number one receiver on Lenore or Charvarius, who, who's had a great year. I mean, Ward's been fantastic for them. Charver- Mooney has been really good for them. Um, the middle of the field sometimes can you worry can be a little open for the Niners based on their safeties. It's just, you know, I, 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 I don't know that anything happened today that like they got to figure out a way to fix it before their next game or before the postseason. I didn't feel that way. They did not get home. I, you know, I thought they actually got a fair amount of, I'd have to check. I, I didn't think they got no pressure on Stidham. They just never landed the sack on them. He made the one play where he voided two sacks and got it out to Hollins for a first down. Yeah. Remember that? That was a pretty sweet play. Yeah, I'm with you. Even when Lenore got beat, he is right there. I mean, there were plays last year, remember, when guys weren't even in the vicinity. I can live with a guy getting given up a touch or a touchdown or a catch with him being there. It's a hard the, place to make. The irony of of it all is that they had, you know, they've got Armstead and Kinlaw back together. Armstead made the big play on the fourth down. You know, the fourth and goal where they got stuffed. Armstead made a huge play early in the game. Yeah, he's been big. Greenlaw. Did Greenlaw come back? Yeah, he got the Charlie horse of all time when when uh, Fred Warner need him right in his thigh. Probably did not feel good. Whole leg back too, right? It's probably, the yeah. Knee. Or I guess it was his knee. Yeah, it probably hurt. The, the collision there, I think we underrate like when a guy just, hey guys, I just need like two minutes to just take in all this pain and lay here. And then he gets up and jogs off. Can you imagine the feel of the collision of Fred Warner running full speed? Even if nothing's broken or anything, just the when you hear these guys like I feel it the next day, imagine just waking up the next day. Like nothing's broken, nothing's it's just br- the bruise of pain for everybody. I can't even imagine what offensive and defensive linemen feel like on Monday morning in the NFL. I can't even fathom. Just the forget about the the just the little scratches to your body constantly. Oh, McCaffrey didn't bleed today, from what I could tell. So, but there was... were a couple plays today, like even Stidham, <laughs> when when Bosa got him pretty cleanly and fucking destroyed him into the ground. Can you imagine the pain that felt? Just getting drilled into the ground. There were a couple plays where if it had been like Tom Brady that had taken that hit, he would have been complaining about. What do you think about? Pick- of my belief that top 10 quarterbacks should be officiated new rules. Anyone outside of top 10 ish. I don't exactly know where to nineties rules. League puts out a list every week. Stidham like wakes up like shit. Oh, like is Stidham on the list next week? He'd be automatic. Yeah. I mean, he, he couldn't play his way in. If you're a rookie, can't play your way in. Even you get on. If you broke 365 the week before. Yeah, maybe there's a way to get out a win and 300 plus yards. What do they do with Purdy? Is there like an independent committee? It's like, ah, well, fellas, is Purdy on? I'd be, I'd be cool with. Makes the case. I'd be good with rookies. You, you have to fight your way out. Year one, you're on it. No matter I could, what. I could argue it's partly dependent on who your backup is. Like the drop off from you to the backup. Like how bad if we've got you on Sunday Night Football next week? If your backup has to start for you, how bad is that for Sunday Night Football's ratings? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like by that argument, like that's the standard. Like if you're in a, if you are, and you'd be like, well, Purdy, major drop off, he should be a fit. We got to protect Purdy. They're on Sunday night football next week, you know? 
and I think you could fall off. Like Tom, you're not grandfathered in. <laughs> it's on. Tom, nah. I think, did not get a call. Tom, Tom got flagged for spiking the football. It was a pretty weak. He was like on the ground and just kind of threw the ball straight down. Got flagged for a delay of game today. He was not happy about it. He had some pretty sweet bombs today to Mike. The, the point is that Stidham got crushed a few times today. Crushed. Crushed. Destroyed. And I, I thought the Niners tackled pretty well. Jacobs had a couple runs, and at the end of the day, he was over four yards of carry, but I thought they tackled pretty well when they, when it mattered. You knew it felt one guy was like, I'm tired of getting fucking shredded in the run game in the second half was Jimmy Ward and started flying around there and making some plays in the line of scrimmage. A couple times in the second half, Jimmy Ward made some really good tackles up near the line of scrimmage. Because early on, guy, I thought they were getting gashed. Not just by Josh Jacobs, but when the backup came in, like they were just holes. You're not used to seeing like second level holes where a guy can hit the first hole and then like cut left and get. And again, this is back to Jacobs. How often do the Niners get taken for a ride with the running back? Not often. He had that nine yard that carry that looked like it should have been six, ended up at like nine. He's a beast. That first play overtime. Josh, uh, Jake on the stream says Josh Norman got torched today. Yeah, welcome to club, Carolina. In fairness to them, like I think Horn, you know, the guy they drafted last year got hurt. Like they they don't want to sign him. I mean, they didn't have a choice. What's he been doing? Doing his little foot drills, probably at home. Remember, remember going to practice and like Josh Norman do his little foot drills? It's like, Josh, just stretch and go play. I mean, this foot drills not making a difference here, buddy. Brady on the Raiders next year? Well, Brock let's... Purdy, while, he, while he watches Brock Purdy live his dream? Let's just talk about... I would say by the end of the first quarter, it was pretty clear this thing was a 49er home game. I text our buddy, John Dickinson, who's there. I say, is this a, is this a Niner home game? He said, yeah. And to me, you can always tell when 44 gets a carry, and he got, I felt like he got about 10 today, but he got a couple nice ones, and the juice chance screamed out. Did you say that you heard someone say that it's the worst home field advantage? I just, league? Jason Cole tweeted, this has to be the worst home field advantage in the NFL. Not today, just Allegiant Stadium. Well, you would say, in general, if you just look around the league, it's the most unique, right? Because... You could be like, oh, New Orleans. Yeah, but the Saints fans, when they're like, they're always going to be the majority because I'm just using like New Orleans, like Vegas is a is a destination. Oh, right. You meet a lot of people. They're like, oh, go to Bourbon Street. Probably not as many. I'd argue Vegas is probably more unique than than New Orleans because we're less likely to go to New Orleans in California. I would say anywhere like west of Denver. I'm not saying we won't go, but it would be a pretty massive trip. When I lived when I worked for the Eagles. You never met anyone that hadn't been to Vegas, right? It's I would say Vegas is a pretty universal trip. Would you agree for people like adults that are just going to make in their life? I mean, it is it at the top of the list because it's so easy to get there. Everybody on the group thread, you know, there's no like, well, I don't really like X. Would you say the it's weather above, like, never New, matters? You don't New York City. Outside. Would you say Can't it's you above New York City? Yeah, just because I think it's probably cheaper. Like you can, I think what Vegas has is like we can find a forty-five dollar hotel in Vegas, which does not exist anywhere else. Motels, yes, you cannot find a forty-five dollar hotel in America. With a KOA probably charges more than forty-five bucks, and and right in the heart of everything with fun shit to do, right? Yeah, and it's just no. I mean, it's it's probably the most unique place we have in America. And that's where they put them, which, listen, did they, they make the right decision? 
over Christmas, I flew into Oakland and you just drive by that place. And sometimes I think it is absolute insanity that there was an NFL, a major league baseball team and an NBA team. And within a year or two, they won't have any. That place, you could blow that area up and not a soul would notice. It is, unless I'm not even trying to be mean to Oakland guy. It's shitty. You all know it. We all know it. It's awful. And like, do they upgrade dramatically? I mean, no one's arguing that. But it is not an advantage for them at all because, especially when well, you the look league, at the, it's better for the league that they're there, right? Dramatic. I mean, and it's better for them, like in, in every for way except the home field advantage. Now, it's not near what the Chargers have in LA, right? But I would say for a team that kind of hung its hat on, like we have fans, and our fans, like you've been to Raider games at the Coliseum, they can impact the game. Today was like not even close. And it's going to be hard. Like the Chiefs, they are lucky that Denver's going to suck for a while. The Chargers don't have a fan base. And they're the, just like, yeah, the Chiefs are going to beat us most times no matter what. So even if they come, whatever. But like you do, if you ever get decent and you have a home game against the Steelers, you have a home game against the Packers, you have a home game against the Cowboys, like you're going to lose, like in terms of the fan base. Like it's going to be advantage them. And that. That's only going to get worse, I think. It is. I mean, it's bad now. Today was pretty eye-opening. I expected there to be Niner fans there. I didn't expect there to be that many Niner fans. Did you? Uh, Yeah. Maybe I didn't think that long about it. The only way it gets better is if you get good for a sustained amount of time. And local fans are convinced that coming to the game is, you know, you really become part of the community. And that takes a while. It takes a while to happen, and you know ticket prices have to be somewhat reasonable for people. And it's always going to be hard for those tickets. You know, usually the if the home team is bad, the ticket prices come down. But the Raiders, it doesn't apply to them. The ticket price doesn't come down when the Raiders aren't good because the you know the road team brings half the fans or more. Well, for example, like the Golden Knights, they just get to be good. They're not bringing back. It's hockey. They just get to own the area. When the A's eventually move there within the next couple of years, if they're good, which typically they cycle through and they'll be good if they move there in two years, so probably right around the time, they'll be fine. They'll have a little fan base. It'll be fun. The NFL is kind of unique that most people over 10 years old in a city, if they don't root for that city's team or if the city doesn't have a team, they got a squad, right? Yeah, yeah. Most people, but I also you, think- you meet a ton of people that are from random areas that are fans of other teams. I also think just the NFL, I've talked about this for a long time. The NFL schedule, the fact that they only play 17 games, that there's so few games that they play on the same day every week, you can build your calendar around it, is is just such an advantage for the sport, right? Like Blackhawks fans aren't traveling in on a Tuesday. No. But, <laughs> you know, if you play on Monday, maybe you play a Monday home game a year, maybe you play two. But I can just bank on it's on the weekend, and then it's that's it. It's just on the weekend. I can travel to all your games. Like Suns fans aren't going to Chicago. Oh, I want to see the Bulls. Let me check. Oh, the Suns player on Wednesday. Maybe a couple people go, but not yeah. freaking thirty five thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. So they're just at a disadvantage for that reason. They're just at a disadvantage. Um, and whatever, there's a lot of ways in which their lives are better, but a home field advantage is just not one of them. It's just not. Well, and I would say this. 
their start moving to a new city has been weird. Yeah. It, it wasn't their fault. They weren't allowed to have anyone in the place in 2020. And looking back, that was obviously the wrong decision. Place should have been packed. But regardless of that, like there, no one was there. And that set them back. And then the next year, they had a pretty weird year, right? They had a moment in the town, even though they made the playoffs. One of the players killed someone, right? The coach got fired. Like it was just pretty tumultuous, t- tumultuous year for the franchise. Now they ended up making the playoffs and had an incredible final moment at the stadium, right? It was fucking sweet. So they like feels like they kind of took a step forward, but now it feels like they take four steps backwards. So the momentum going into New City is kind of zilch. It's just like, well, meh. they showed up with two faces of the franchise and now have none, the coach and the quarterback. They showed up with John Gruden and Derek Carr. Yeah. Now, and they, they've lost, well, maybe, I, well, let's not say they have none. Let's say they've lost their two faces of the franchise since they arrived, for better or worse. Maybe they're better off. I don't know. But they lost them. And they lose a bunch of football, and they lose a bunch of games. I had some Raider fans texting me today, like, are we sure this kid isn't better than Carr? It's like, well, based on today, yeah, he's probably playing better than Derek was. Nick Mullins once looked. Uh, did he do have to do better than Nick Mullins did against the Raiders in his debut? I can't remember what his numbers were. <sighs> Mullins won, right? Or did he? Lose? Yeah, he won. Yeah, because Favre called him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. On th- Was that Thursday Night Football? It was Thursday Night Football, yeah. I, I, it's just very part of what makes the Niners such a big brand is they've been doing it for so long and so many different iterations. It's like the Lakers. Because I had someone tweet at me today when I was fucking around Raider fans on the internet. Like, what's the difference last 20 years, Niners and Raiders? Like, I don't know. Six, or I mean, five conference championships, multiple Super Bowls in the last 12 years. You guys have zero playoff wins. You guys made the playoffs twice. You guys are just kind of irrelevant in the internet age. Where when the internet, part of being relevant in the internet age is, now you could argue maybe you could, in the 70s and 80s, there was less going on. So if you were good, you could exponentially get bigger. And some teams did, right? The Cowboys, the Steelers, uh, I'd say the Niners in the 80s. You know, individuals, Michael Jackson, Mike, uh, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. Like, you could argue if you if you got super, super huge, you could actually be bigger than what you can now. It's 50 million people watch you on a random Sunday. But you, you had to be spotted. super, super huge. Yeah, yeah. You had to be super, super huge, right? Yep. But I would say in the internet age, like Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl for like the first half of the internet. And it was like, he was pretty big because he was always winning. He was always in sweet games. It was just always a thing, right? Like Kobe post Shaq was like, just, you can be really, you guys have just been irrelevant. And listen, the Niners in 2000s were irrelevant. They were a joke. But I'd say the last 12 years, like, they've had major, major moments. And it's helped them because they've had shitty years too. Chip Kelly, Tom Sula, 2020 with when they got booted to Arizona. But their good years are like conference championship, Super Bowl. Even if you Superstar lose Super Superstar coaches. Yeah, just you pop. Famous players. You pop. And that's you got to find a way to pop. And it doesn't even feel like the Raiders are closing, close to popping. Not even close to popping. And here, you know what the problem hmm. is? The Chiefs are clearly going nowhere. I mean, if, if you had to bet the next five years, what would you put like their over-under win total? It'd be like 12 and a half, right? <laughs> and you'd probably like, you know, over the next five years average, if you told me they averaged 13.2 wins, it's believable. Like they could have a 16-win season. They could have an 11-win season, but they'd have a lot of 12 and 13-win seasons. 
one thing you see with the Chargers now is like if their defense is just okay and they are it's healthy on offense. Than okay. Well, it's been off, but I'm just saying, like, how are they going to suck with that guy? Yeah, like they have a top five quarterback, guys. Now you could their franchise, whatever, bigger nationally than low. But I'm just saying, like, for you to win, you have those two teams that you play four times. Even if the Broncos suck now for the next three years, which is easily possible, how do you overcome the two teams that are just going to be in your division? That even if you kind of because divisionally, right, you play them tough every once in a while. Let's just say the Raiders every once in a while are going to go two and two in those games. Those teams, because of their quarterbacks, are just more likely to be double digits all the time. It's right? like you dominate the Broncos every year. No, I mean they had to beat them in overtime. Derek's last. They do get moment. to play at the Chargers, which is actually what everyone else gets to do when they come to Vegas. True, but he's better than you most of the time, right? So, yeah. like, my point is, even if you individually play them well on the aggregate, they get to play all these other games where it's just like, oh, yeah, Herbert threw five touchdowns. Oh, yeah, Mahomes threw behind his back for game winner. Like, they're just going to win a lot of games where it's clear you just struggle to win your vacuum games. Like, you're just playing Team X, uncommon opponent. More likely than not, you're going to lose. Obviously, the Chiefs are more likely to win. And now that Herbert, like, if he just stays erect, <laughs> they're going to win more games than they lose, even if Brand Staley is their coach. They won today, right, Chargers? Uh, they won today. So that's they're ten. Are they the five seed right now? Chargers are. I guess it depends. Chargers are the six seed. They're ten and six. Yeah, because Baltimore is ten and five. So if Baltimore loses, they are the Chargers. Then become the six. Uh, I don't know what the tiebreaker is there. Yeah, if Baltimore loses and is ten and six, they have the same record. But the Chargers have a better conference record, so I think they would move ahead of Baltimore to the five seed. If Baltimore wins, they're 11 and five. And um, they stay a game ahead of the Chargers. So Baltimore's in the playoffs today, I guess, huh? Because these other teams can't get to 10. Yeah, because New England's eight and eight. Miami's eight and eight. Yeah. Chargers are in the playoffs too. Chargers made the playoffs. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> Chargers have clinched the playoff spot. The only, the only spot that isn't clinched is the South, which will be the four seed. And then the last spot, the seven spot, so the only spots that are not clinched in in the playoffs are the two seven seeds, right? <coughs> Other than that, yeah, everyone is that's clinched in the in the NFC in the top six. So Seattle, Green Bay, Detroit, all eight and eight in the NFC. New England, Miami, eight and eight. Obviously, New England has the head to head against uh, Miami, the tiebreaker. So they need Miami needs to win and have New England lose. <clears throat> but back to what I was saying about the Chargers and the Raiders. Listen, the Chargers have had more success over the 20 years when the Raiders have been mainly irrelevant. But this is their best quarterback. So they always got to overcome Dean and the cheapness and usually a coach that's probably not quite good enough given their talent. But this is their most talented quarterback. Which is it, enough to get you the playoffs. I mean, I, you know, they may not never fulfill their destiny of being a championship team or his destiny, right? If I told you right now for the next, after this season, Herbert does not miss a game for five years. What would their over/under playoff burst be during that time? Doesn't miss a game for five straight years. Yeah, I'd say they sixty percent of the time, three out of five, yeah, three three playoff years. Would it shock you if like the because Pittsburgh? Well, okay, the Jets need a quarterback. Tennessee, eh, Cleveland, Vegas, Indy, like everyone. The AFC's got a lot of a lot of people trying to figure it out right now, right? That's your problem. They're, they're they're only the the thing that stands in the Chargers' way is they don't they're not going to have a lot of room for error because they're going to have to probably be the wild card most years, right? 
but there are three wild card spots. But that, yeah, and that's what that's the point on the Raiders. Now, multiple teams from the same division can make a wild card, but I mean, yeah, you look at the Raiders it. in a year <clears throat> where it turns out the seven seed in both conferences, and maybe after we have like ten years of data, it'll prove to be like that's always a pretty wide open spot. It is wide fucking open with a bunch of eight and eight, seven and eight teams. Raiders ain't even close. Yeah, last year was nine, seven and one Pittsburgh and nine and eight Philly. That made it the year, but well, remember the AFC two years ago was eleven and five. Indy was the seven seed, but that was the COVID year. Maybe everyone won more. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah, Chicago I, was eight and eight. I wonder if that year is going to prove to be a throwaway year. I think it probably will be, especially at this rate. I mean, this, this year everybody's kind of, you know, as we talked about the other day. No, people aren't getting blown out with any teams aren't consistently that same team. Everyone's playing in close games, all that shit. Uh, this was supposed to be a, the, the Raiders must feel vindicated discussion, but I, mean, I guess that's a different discussion if you want to have that. A moral victory for the Raiders, post-car, Mark Davis, Josh McDaniels, probably hugged post-game. Mark had a very, I'm guessing, no one's reported this, very positive conversation with Josh McDaniels afterwards. What do you think? They talk Mark every week, right? Talk every week. <laughs> I mean, post-game. That's the oh, thing. It sure seems like it, right? That's what the the word is. Yeah, I... Uh... Maybe it's just because I watch the Raiders more than some of these random teams, but God, do they lose this game more than any team? I mean, they, they, they in fairness, they're in a lot of games, and this season they've been in a shitload. I mean, they have blown, obviously, they blew three 17 point leads, and I think they've blown another two, minimum two, maybe three double digit leads. Okay, they were up 10 in the second half. Now it was early in the third quarter, but they were up 24 14. I mean, that's not nothing. You only had a half to go. I mean, I, I started doing the math. I'm like, well, if Purdy were to throw a pick or whatever, it just. Well, I got history should, for you. You should actually. feel pretty good about yourself up 24-14 in a second half, right? Generally speaking. But in this game, I don't think anybody. It was early. It was like more than 10 minutes left in this in the third quarter, right? True. Um, the Raiders, Elias Sports, ESPN Stats and Info. The Raiders are the first team in NFL history to lose five games in a season in which they led by 10 or more points in the second half. On top of the loss to the Niners, the Raiders blew double-digit second-half leads to the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Jags, the Rams. So we'll see what happens with Jacksonville. It may be that they've blown, of the five second-half 10-point leads, three of them to non-playoff teams. I think think Jacksonville is going to get in. Because it's win and get in against the Titans, who who are playing awful football. Yeah, next week. Um, so first team, you, not a date, right? You said NFL first history. team in NFL history. Not one of those in forty years and thirty years. And first history team in world. NFL history to lose five times when they lead by ten points or more in the second half. Wow, no words. That's why you were very nervous as a Raider fan when they went up by double digits in the second half. Well, yeah, just set them up to uh, fail again. It's this type. It of really stuff is that, like uh, was Charlie Brown. You know, always runs up to the football and then she pull, yeah. Lucy pulls the football. I guess it could have been worse, right? You would say that Denver, Denver had a worse season when you factor in how much they traded, how much they paid them, one and done coach. So there's a gap. But like, and if that's a 10 out of 10 of like, God, this is an ultimate disaster. We are fucked. Who knows? We might have to pay someone like $30 million a year to get like, if Jim Harbaugh takes a job, but they pay him $25 million a year or whatever. There's a gap, but this is 
on most years, this would have been like, oh my God. You had a franchise quarterback. It felt like, again, Cousins or Dak. But as you see with the Cowboys and the Vikings, like they just roll for years and make the playoffs with their guy. You have that guy that felt like they're just going to make the playoffs with Derek, compete for wild cards. Even if the Chiefs win it every year, you get Josh McDaniels that about seven teams have tried to hire. He's turned down, literally left one at the altar. He told the Niners, strung them out, turned them down. I just don't know if it could have gone that much worse. Like last year, for as shitty as it was, it was remarkable what they accomplished, right? Fatalities, firings. I mean, it was it was crazy. It, it was, but they like they overcame it. And this year, it's been the opposite. What makes it work? Because somebody might say, "Well, Indy was supposed to be good, and they won four games. That's worse. They won less games." Or um, the Rams are the defending champs. They went five and eleven so far. Well, they got one more. They won less games. But the worst place to be if you're not going to be good is in the middle. And the Raiders at six wins have one, two, three, four, five, six. At least they're at least at best drafting seventh right now, which actually is not bad. But if you're going to be terrible with no hope, you'd rather be a two-win team. Well, I think I, I think I saw Ted Nguyen tweet the other day that. Uh, Someone was talking about blown draft picks or whatever, and he's like, you know what's crazy? Oh, he was quoting a, a Nick Bosa stat. He's like, if the Raiders only don't beat D- the Denver Broncos at the end of the season, whatever that year was, 2018, they would have had the number two pick and got Nick Bosa. And he's like, that, 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 but who knows? Maybe they still take Cleveland Farrell. Kind of joking around, but part part of like when you suck, and this is always my thing, and remember we argued about this years ago with the tanking, if you're going to suck, you have to suck. The greatest example is the Miami Dolphins. They tanked all season long. They did the hinky until the last like month of the season, and they won three of their last five games. And you know what it cost them? Joe fucking Burrow, who looks like the modern-day Joe Montana, yeah, who just has the Bengals. I mean, is anyone going to be shocked if the Bengals beat the Bills tomorrow? No. And it's winning pointless games. Now, ultimately, if you're a Raider fan, today losing is a good thing. Winning this game would have been completely pointless. It's completely pointless. Yeah, I mean, it would have got you to seven, and that really pushes you back probably to the edge or be outside of the top ten, depending on what happens next week. But this notion, and this is, listen, we've talked, I guess, the one podcast we did since Southwest. Who You see they're back up and running? Southwest, Southwest? Is... You mean the airline that uh, uh, RG3 took home when his wife went into labor when he left the broadcast? Did he? Is that what he took home? Well, because they took, they had like this other broadcast with a bunch of people on it. I think yeah, it was cool. the one McAfee was on. And on the air, he took a phone call saying, she's going to labor, get home. So we flew home and it was a false alarm. There, there, there were two separate ones. McAfee was on the night one. I watched oh, okay. a little bit with AJ. I mean, it was kind of funny. Did you see McAfee catch the ball while holding a mic on the field goal? <laughs> Probably a un- better athlete than people, I think, when they look at him that they realize. Probably. He looks like a good athlete. <laughs> Yeah, remember that flip he did when he did the wrestling activity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, off the rope. Yeah, he's a good athlete. But did Derek deserve to get benched this year? I have no problem with you benching a player who's playing really, really shitty at the end of the season. Like, it's football, it's sports. It happens in every sport. Guys have been benched. Great players have been benched in every fucking sport throughout the history of of professions. The Giants prof- benched Eli Manning, who took them to greatness. It, it, ha- it happens. But this notion that they're going to be able to pivot, and this is where I think Raider fans would be like, well, we've been stuck in this spot. And maybe that's true. 
But more than likely, I would bet my bottom dollar, you are not going to be able to find the neutral spot, let alone upgrade. And more than not, when you're unless you're going to suck, and I don't view Josh as ever going a Sam Hinkie season, that how are you ever going to, like they have enough talent on this roster if they're like, yeah, Devonta, you may want to leave. We're not trading you. Waller, we're not trading you. Let's just right. say they roll it back and they play with Stidham and they we sign can't up. Afford because we just we got a new stadium. We got to fill it up. Yeah, you let's know, say Tom won't come, but you you give Jimmy twenty five million and you just win again like six seven games. You're just stuck in this this rudder. You have made the playoffs a couple times in the last four years. Like that that has happened, right? In seven sixteen and then again last year. So maybe a little longer. Six years for the Raiders based on the last two decades. That's good. You know, that's I'm not trying to be even sarcastic right now. That that is good. Like your franchise, this is who you are. Turn like you at most years you're six and eleven. And even if you got Tom Brady, would you feel that great about them next year? Well, it'd just be totally dependent on if Tom if if that's the year that Tom. I mean, but even argued, this even is, like this year, like their yeah, defense I stinks. I mean. Well, he needs a better defense than the Raiders have. Like, they've got to remake. That's really where they – we spent all the time talking quarterback, and it really matters, but they've got to fix that. That defense, maybe they could just be the Jets, where the Jets also are not good, but at least the Jets, you can kind of see what their future looks like, right, just based on the fact that they play defense. The Jets are 7-9. and nine. That's only one game different than the Raiders. I'd say their seasons felt pretty different from the Raiders' season. Dramatically different. It's because they. you look at them and go, all right, we got the makings of like what it kind of is going to look like. That's what makes it so painful for Denver is you'd rather not have a quarterback than have Russell on that contract. Cause if they didn't have a quarterback this year, if they had just played this year with, I don't even know who Paxton Lynch, you'd be like, well, all we need is a get Jimmy Garoppolo in here. Our defense is so good. We can compete to win eight. We can go win nine games next year and be in the playoffs. We got talent on offense, but what the Raiders say, are not. The, they're a quarterback hopes, hope, and no hope sells, guy. Hope sells. Hope sells and also just defense gives you a shot. Because the what's easier to build, what's easier to get a franchise quarterback or just a solid, a top 12 defense? Let's yeah. say top 12 defense. It's easier to find Sauce Gardeners and Max Crosby's than it is Derek Carr, honestly. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, here's the uh, 49ers playoff situation, by the way. They are now 12 and four, tied with Minnesota, who got their asses kicked today for those who didn't see it, by the uh, rolling Green Bay Packers. Uh, one game behind the Eagles, who somebody just DM'd me, and they're like, you guys got to talk about the Niners were on a roll with their backup quarterback. The Eagles can't win with their backup quarterback. The Eagles, was this two weeks in a row now? They All they had to do was clinch, win to clinch to get the one seed or win to get the one seed. Couldn't do it. They did have it, a starter carted off today after he hit his head into a guy, and it, it was a rattling kind of moment, like, holy shit. They've had some rattling injuries. They, they feel a little Niner-ish a couple years ago where guys are dropping like flies, man. You 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 give him a break for not having Hurts, but you also wonder, well, when is he back, A, and B? Did you I think keep... Schefter said today, so, like, it's trending toward next week. He's going to play. Right. Which is pretty crazy. I mean, it looked like they were going to be able to rest him until the second week of the postseason. So if he's got to come back and play week 18, he loses basically three weeks of rest and rehabilitation. I'll leave two weeks. Right. Well, if they if they lose next week and the Niners win, the Niners are the number one seed. And I think the only question is the Giants are set at six. They are the sixth seed. Are they going to try next week? And my logic is ideal yeah, male body. Well, he looks fantastic. You're not winning the Super Bowl, right? So you win ten games and you get to the playoffs. That's an incredible season. Are they in a position 
And you're right, you franchise? beat Philly. That's a pretty signature win. Yeah. The other thing is like, well, you can't afford to get Saquon hurt. Well, if you're him, it's like, are we sure we're re-signing him? We're not giving him $50 million. He's not under contract. Because I'd say if, if you had extended Saquon and given him like a $40 million guaranteed or whatever, you would probably rest him. You're not getting him hurt in a meaningless game. I think you go with the Pat Hill, Ryan Matthews, run this guy like a horse. You know, he's leaving anyway, or potentially. I also think when you are, a, I think there's might be some psychology to being the sixth seed. You're going to play whatever Minnesota, right? In the first round, you think like we can win that game. Like let's go, like Minnesota is kind of limping into the postseason. Let's, let's go all out and let's play this Minnesota game hot. Like let's be hot when we go to Minnesota. Cause that always seems somebody always comes in hot. Now, the Giants okay. have done it before when they won Super Bowls. Now, yeah. I don't think it's a Super Bowl team, but would it be shocking if but they the weren't in a, a position game? to rest? They weren't in a position to rest everybody. We no, 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 no. Remember, Peyton used to rest the other Manning. As of right now, knowing what you know just about Dayball from afar, do you expect them to just approach this I game think like it's a, a gravy week? season, and I think I do not expect them to approach this game like it's a bye week. Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley gets hurt. Those guys are not under contract for these guys next year. Wouldn't you say part of resting a guy is one, obviously play. I, I think I have a Super Bowl team. I'm going to win playoff games. Like if you're the Niners and you're arresting people or the whoever. I'm Packers obviously can't, but you know the teams that can. You know, Chiefs, whoever, given your situation. And like I have this guy under contract. I've paid this guy a lot of money. Like Debo Samuel. I would be very hesitant playing him in a meaningless game against the Cardinals where they might be playing some guys who they're like, fuck it, let's bring up some practice squad guys and guys trying to make their careers. I, I would be hesitant to do it in that situation. Now, Kyle might say you want to get the high-speed reps for the play. It's it's a tough, but I, Debo's under contract for a couple of years, so let's just – that's part of it. Like he's Maybe on more carries team. for Buck Mason while we're at it. Where's that? Where's the Eagle game? Do you know? Do you have this – uh, I can tell you one second. Because the Cardinals, God, they're terrible. <laughs> uh, the Eagles, it's in Philly. Here's the other thing for the Giants. They just got killed by the Eagles. Don't you think there's a little pride? Like, fuck these guys. Now, it's a bad matchup, but again, I'm trying to talk myself into them trying to get the one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I would not mind. Tell me Niners Packers. I'll tell you one thing. Talk about big numbers. I'm in. Because all these games then next week, guy, will be at 1 o'clock. Remember how the, the league always does it? I think all these NFC games are going to be at 1 o'clock. Beside the Packers, potentially. I guess the night game might be. It, it might end up being Titans-Jags because it's just a winner get in. Can't make the playoffs. Yeah, I wonder if they can would could they not put you're afraid. What would you be afraid of? You'd be afraid of Seattle losing. Well, no, if Seattle if Seattle wins, the Lions would not be able to get in even with a win. The Lions need to win and have Seattle lose. So if Seattle were to win, like what are the Lions? Like ultimately. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? If you're the NFL, you'd be afraid that Seattle lost earlier in the day. No, you would want that because then it's a win or get in game. You would be afraid that Seattle won and then the Lions, okay, it's like the Lions lose, like they're not, or they win, they're not going to the playoffs anyway. They're right. just knocking the Packers out. You, you really want a game where independently of every other game in the league, both teams are fighting to get in. And that's really only the Jacksonville Titan game. 
but also you don't yeah but but they they try to avoid putting putting a game at night that's affected by another game right where yes one opponent knows the answer that's what i'm saying the yeah. only game in the league that is pure in a vacuum ind- independent of everything else yeah. winner get in is jacksonville tent but i think they'd be like fuck it let's just go green bay they could but they could also just go you know what all right fox is gonna america's game of the week is gonna be packers lions it's the NFL. Who cares? Right. You, you ain't going to watch do Jack. Fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. I would say, though, of all the matchups, even just of playoff level teams, that's the worst possible grouping. Don't you think? They're like, shit. Oh, like you'd rather have Giants Packers? You just, you'd rather just have anything like Miami Jets playing to get in. Just anything where it's just win or get in. That's the last combo of any teams that are competent in the NFL. That you oh, oh, you're talking about the Jags. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. talking markets. I'm talking players. It's just the Jags have good players, but they're the Jags. Oh, yeah, awful uniforms, too. <laughs> the Titans. The other problem is the Titans were just on national TV and were terrible. So everyone just saw them. Like, everybody just saw them. Tough right? watch. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Niners Packers would be uh, interesting, but from a Niner, if if we're talking about it from the perspective of, you know, what gives the Niners the best chance to win, there are much better options out there. Well, you right, it's a much easier game against the New York Giants. It just is. or the Seattle Seahawks. That's the easiest game, I think. Detroit, a little weird. Just very uncommon. You see no team in the league has scored 30 points more than Detroit. I think it's eight. I did not know that stat. Now they've played, right? Minnesota's defense isn't very good. The Bears stink. So I think if you look at their schedule, now they they just have offensive weapons. Yeah, they're plus 22, which is fourth best in the NFC. The Lions. Now, the NFC has a lot of teams that aren't, you know. The NFC playoffs right now, Philly plus 127, Niners plus 148, Dallas plus 145, okay? The three and four seeds both have negative point differentials because Minnesota got their ass kicked today. They're now minus 19. Tampa is minus 32 somehow, but they're 500. The Giants, uh, zero point differential, and Seattle plus three. Like if you are the Cowboys, and definitely if you're the if you're the one seed in the NFC, you will be kicking yourself if you don't make it, at least to the conference championship game, if, if let alone the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, I would say it's mandated as the one seed, whether it's Philly or whether it's the Niners, to be in the conference championship. Anything else is a massive disappointment, right? Massive. <laughs> There's actually quite a bit of pressure that comes with these top seeds in the NFC, which is always the case. But like, let's just say new England ends up playing Buffalo. I mean, that would suck if you're Buffalo to lose. Cause you think you can win the championship. But I mean, if the chargers beat Cincinnati, let's just say that's the three, six game. If you're since you're like, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. Baltimore is going to roll in as a, probably an 11 win five seed, maybe 12. If they win their next two, they're a 12 win team. They're going to win tonight, and I think their last game is against the Browns. So either Cincinnati or Baltimore, one of those two teams is going to have at least 11 wins. The five seed is going to have at least 11 wins in the AFC. And that means the three seed will have 12. I mean, that's good, but 
So you're going to have multiple wild card teams with double digit win. Who do the Chargers play next week? The Chargers play the Broncos. So you're going to have two 11 win wild card teams in the AFC. <laughs> yeah. Them and either Cincinnati or Baltimore. Yeah, I think the wild cards, assuming Lamar comes back, I don't know if you can, would be better in the AFC than better. Dak yeah. and AFC Daniel Jones. Wild. Now, I'd say Aaron Rodgers throws a wrench into that. Yeah. That's what may I mean, Aaron is just scary. If they if they roll in, what would they what would they be? A three game win four game win streak if the Packers make it? Yeah, they just they won today. They beat the Dolphins, they beat the Bears. It'd be five, actually. They've won Green Bay. They've won, They've won four, four straight. straight. Five game winning streak. It'd be five. And they before the five game winning streak, they had four total wins. So they they were three and eight. Uh they were three and one, two, three, four, five, six. Then they won four and six, lost two, four and eight. Which is pretty crazy when your quarterback's healthy the whole year, basically. Really is. You know, like star quarterback, like if you told me uh Aaron missed five games, then this is nothing. But he he's played. Pretty crazy. I gotta take a leak, Matt. I've been holding it for about twenty. I actually do too. Can I rattle you through we get one minute speed speed round here? Ron right. Rivera found out in the post game press conference that the football team uh, would be eliminated depending on what happened in the afternoon games. Gonna defend him because he's just playing to win. Why is it that crazy? Just play to win, baby. Uh, Patriots, do you agree? Is that a little overrated? Um, I don't think it's good, but it's not one of those like I can't believe this is inexcusable. Is this is it fireable? I say no, but I also I think it's bad. I do think it's bad. I think it's bad. Yes. Yeah. I do think it's bad because saying because I think coaches all the time are like we just focus on today, but then actually in their office they know every scenario, which Agreed. is really what you should if you're the head of the whole operation, you know, and your team is rolling out major tutty, you should probably just kind of you know, have a better feel for things. Fair. Uh, Patriots control their playoff destiny, John. Play the Bills. Tough, but would be pretty legendary to beat the Bills to get in the playoffs. True. And um, I think finally, unless you have something else to add, well, two two, two other quick things. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau comes free, unblocked on a sack, probably sends Nick Foles into retirement. Foles writhing in pain on the ground as Thibodeau lays beside him doing snow angels. Uh, spoiler alert, there was no actual snow. And um, even looks over at Foles in pain and continued with his snow angel. If he saw him, it's fucked up. Uh, the Rose Bowl is on Monday. Harbaugh, I got to tell you, tweet tweets that went on sent from the weekend, I was kicking myself down 14 to 3. I wanted to tweet. I, I If there's one thing I know about a Jim Harbaugh team, they're going to get back in this game only to lose in heartbreaking fashion. And uh, I didn't think I'd enjoy TCU in the championship game, but you know what? I'm pretty fired up for TCU in the championship game. Some new blood felt good. They got back in the game multiple times. <laughs> that was the thing. Multiple times. And then it extended multiple times. He got back within five. You're like, he's going to do it. And then they would score immediately. Number one, TCU. Beast. Uh, Uga, Marvin Harrison Jr., superstar. <laughs> Incredible yeah. player. The holder, I think. I need to do some investigation. I'll, I'll look forward. If anyone hears McAfee talk about it this week, let me know. I was watching the game with our buddy and big-time Raider fan, Brian Hawkins. He thought immediately the hold on the missed kick by Ohio State to send them in the championship game was either too far to the front or too far to the back. He thought it was a bad hold. If you watch it, it's the holder 
immediately puts his hands on his head, slumps to the ground. Uh, uh, what was the kicker's name? Noah uh, Slugger, huh? Whatever his name yeah, was. Slugger, Ragler, something. He's the, uh, uh, Reggie Ragland. He's, he's the one that has to pick up the holder. So um, Eagle Eye, he said it was the holder's fault. So we'll have to check on that. Okay. But, uh, I think I emptied the tank there. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the football games. Tito, send us pictures of you drinking. I'm just see how long until Middlecoff pees himself. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.